Why do I stay inside? I should be living life instead of watching through the window. No use in playing safe. Not gonna hesitate. I know the storm is only. Hey, it's a so so scrutiny podcast. I am Corey. This is my co host, Robert Maine. Today we had a nice rain. Indeed. Well, not and, a nice rain. It's like sprinkling, but I like it. And special guest, Ashley Weller. That sounds stellar. <laughs> All right, right, that was kind of close to mine last week. Was it? I said what was incub- yours? Incubus, Incubus Stellar. Oh. You want to try again? Yeah. Um, yeah. Court. I had a couple of I had a couple of other ones. Uh, um, special guest Ashley Weller, um, Walnut Sheller. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's way better. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Actually. Walnut Sheller. I like it. Like, isn't that way like a, like, that's what you yeah. mean. I don't know. Good. That was good, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we have a really special episode for you today. We're going to be talking to a true 311 fan, which I, you know, grew up on them. She even has a 311 day shirt on. Oh, wow. I didn't um, even see that. <laughs> that's awesome. And we are, again, remote. But once this quarantine is over, um, Hopefully we can all get together, uh, but it'll be a 311 exploration. Um, no pun intended, because the album's called Voyager. Nice. Um, and then <laughs> after that, we're gonna talk a little sex ed, right? Woo! Awesome. Let's get it on. Not only, do, not, <laughs> not only is Ashley our <laughs> sorry, not not only is Ashley our Harry Potter expert, she for sure is that. But yeah, she's the 311 and I sex ed expert as well. Okay. I'm an expert yes. on, on many a varied thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I'm a jactress of all trades. There you go. Jactress. Um, How, how's everyone doing on the quarantine? Oh, bored as shit. Yeah. Oh, I'm all right. I celebrated uh, my birthdays tomorrow. So mm. I did a birthday celebration with my friend, my neighbors quarantining with me and Kevin because um, she's she lives by herself. And so and she's like one of my best friends. So she comes over almost every day and hangs out. So last night she bought me a carrot bundt cake because carrot cake is my favorite. Gross. And we got dressed up and we had a dance party and we had steak for dinner. <laughs> it was, it was actually nice. a really incredible birthday. And a bunch of people sent me like a bunch of Amazon shit. So I was opening presents all day and drinking Trulies and that's awesome. Dancing my ass off. And is that what all that, because I saw your story. It's all like the, the, um, like the Zoom stuff or the the maybe, I don't know if it was Google Meet or Zoom or whatever. Didn't she have like a bunch of people meeting together online? I did. Uh, my That's friends, awesome. I had like five friends FaceTime me and we Super all did a, cool. and they sang to me over FaceTime and their kids were there and they sang to me too. It was really cute. Hell yeah. It's not, you know what? I thought it was going to be super lame to have a birthday in quarantine. And it is because normally is. I'd be with my family and me and Robert yeah. would be going to Disneyland today. For sure. For Disneyland, right, Robert? Oh, hell yeah. Shut up, Ashley. Stop talking about it. It hurts my heart. I woke up this morning and I went, ugh, this is my Disney day. This is my Disney day. Seriously, um, want to pass. Yeah, right. But uh, but it's not, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And everybody Mm -hmm. really stepped up and made me feel super special. When you get older, too, the birthdays. You know, they're not as cool as like when you were 20 or something. That's a lie. <laughs> you're like, birthdays for, are you're, always awesome. You're like 45, right? I will fucking hang up on you. <laughs> oh, man. You're such a dick. She's my sister, so I can say that. All right. 38. <laughs> Dude, Feeling great at 38. Dude, I was going to say you do not bro. look at all like that. And I, I like, it's not... <laughs> It's Thank not polite you, to ask people. You are now age. my best friend. Nah, she looks like <laughs> like maybe forty eight, maybe. 
Oh my god! I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her in person forever, so I haven't been able to like tease her at all. It's true. It's true. This is true. All right, you, you just you have to no Disney, no teasing. But um, I was going to say my birthday is in like a week and a half, and oh, buddy. Oh, maybe it's gonna it's gonna suck. But I'm like, you know what? We'll do we'll, a podcast. Yeah, we'll do podcasts. Birthday podcast on a Saturday too. So Ooh, nice. Works. Cool. Yeah, I got a fun drunk FaceTime yesterday from Ashley. <laughs> Hanging out Did with you? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. While Those I was writing. That's what I I've been told doing. Him I was going to. Hey, yeah. I was going to ask you. I'm used you, to it. Like, uh, you were up like late writing, right? Yeah. He was live. And he was like live streaming, but Liz no. said like you kept leaving a live stream and then coming back and then leaving and then coming yeah. back. Because they, I was on it for so long that Instagram was kicking me off. Oh. I was on it for like an hour. They're like, you're, you're done. And I was like, okay, oh well, I'll start God. over. She was uh, like, I went, one, I went to bed like, at like uh, three last night. God, us too. But for like, we were watching, um, what did we watch? Disney movies. I think we <laughs> were go- Well, we're going like in order from like the first animated to like the Snow end. Snow White? Bambi? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we're on Dumbo right now. I don't know what's next. I think it's Lady and the Tramp. Um, or no, one of the ones that's a little that, bit later. I think it's like Saludos Amigos. The birds. Yeah. Damn. On Disney Plus, yeah. does it does it? Because I know on like the Marvel page, it on the bottom it shows in a timeline when they like the movies came out, so you can watch them in order. Does, no. Does, does um, Disney have that too? No, no, oh. unless there's a filter I don't know of, you kind of have to like go to Wikipedia and oh, like, okay. yeah, I don't know, but I we're watching those and in the Pixar movies kind of in order on the side too. Oh yeah, Which, we wa- yeah we got uh, yeah we got to do an onward thing maybe in next one next minisode. Yeah, hey, Ashley, do you see that yet? No, it's pretty fun. I gave you it's Disney good. Disney Plus, right? You have my good. account. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have it. Thank yeah, you. watch it. It's fun. Okay. It's Chris Pratt and. Uh, Made me cry oh, a couple Tom times. Holland, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just yeah. They're yeah. L or wizards going on a road trip. It's pretty fun. That's cute. Okay. Right, I didn't. Cr- well, we'll talk about it on the podcast. But I didn't yeah, cry, Corey. I cried out of, out of one of like out of most of the Pixar movies. I do like tear up. This one, I was like, I'm I waiting cried. for it. Like I'm waiting for to cry. I'm waiting for it, and it never happened. So. <laughs> Am I gonna? No, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Damn you, Disney! I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Sorry, Pixar. <laughs> so just movies and uh we we were gonna watch the invisible man and then i realized it was 20 dollars, and i was like forget Dude, that go, i went and pirated it man go on go on you torrent <laughs> i watched it got it, was it. Great. it was pretty good man it's pretty good the invisible man is that the one with the chick from the handmaid's tale yep. Elizabeth mm-hmm. Moss. was mm-hmm. it good yeah it's 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 really it's it's not really really good it's just really good right now okay. like if we're all in quarantine you need like a nice it's not it's not from the trailers, it's it seems like it's like a, a jump scare kind of movie. Like you're waiting for does, the guy. Yeah. To, and it's not. There's some scenes that feel so tense. And you're like, when's it coming? When, when's it coming? When's it coming? And nothing happens. You're like, no. oh, fuck. But it's so did good. You guys, did you guys see Midsummer? <laughs> yeah. He did. He likes oh, yeah. those weird fucking movies. No, Robert. It, Kevin is like a super critic of most everything. And he said it, it might be one of the best movies he's ever seen. God but have it. you seen Hereditary too? Yep, we watched that oh, first, and then so we went and watched Midsummer. Hereditary will like Hereditary fuck you up, dude. Us up. Yeah, yeah. That Kevin one, said after Midsummer, he like 
thought he was like seeing like he walked past a mirror and like it freaked him out and like, it was dark in the house and then like his phone <laughs> accidentally started playing music and it was really low and he's like where is the where is that music coming from oh my god and he's he was, freaking like, out <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it's i'll have to watch it kevin doesn't I, I, get freaked out like that oh but i like really messed up stuff like yeah he does <laughs> what was that one movie irreversible it's on my list antichrist for noah what? Antichrist. That's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, he watches. Okay, who hurt you? Who for, hurt a, you? Uh, for a school teacher and a, a Christian, he watches some fucked up shit. Yeah, I do more than I do. <laughs> and I'm a proclaimed oh, Satanist now. Oh my god! Oh, I remember that. I, oh, we watched it. So yeah. Did you? Did you? It was good. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into the episode. Sorry. We're, we're, yes. we're sorry. We got sorry. To talk that's about. what's up. We've been watching movies. That's and it. I think that's what, what everyone's doing. So yeah. wishing we could be Drinking at Disney and watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, let's get into three eleven. Um. Ashley, sure. let's get in. Let's uh, ask you a, a few questions. How long have you been a fan? Like, not since the beginning of three eleven, right? Probably maybe when they hit. The airwaves or when do you start listening to them me yeah oh my phone my computer cut out um oh sorry yeah no, when did you start listening no, to 311 um when i was in God, i would say the 10th grade so oh. 16 15 or 16 years old mm-hmm. right so okay. i'm 38 now al um so almost yeah a really long time i don't i can't do math right now but a long time <laughs> so i was in the 10th grade in 1997 how's that there you go 1887 is that what you said i will end you i will end you i remember like i grew up in a really super strict house and so mm-hmm. i wasn't really allowed to listen to what they called secular music oh yeah. got it i had to listen to stuff on my way to school in the car and like if we like in where i grew up it was boring so what we usually did was drive around for fun like on the weekends, we just go drive somewhere. And so my friends would have these albums or the guy I was dating would have these albums and Beastie Boys, Incubus, and 311 <laughs> yeah. were like my three favorite and Eminem. Like I remember mm-hmm. when all of them like kind of came out. And really? Started. I didn't know yeah. you were an Eminem fan. Hell yeah. I loved Eminem. Oh my God. He was awesome. Back, He's still good. But back he's then, still pretty great. Yeah. Back then never, I was like, he's never let up. This guy? But um, 311 just always for me always exuded this like sense of positivity and joy and their Mm -hmm. lyrics are so uplifting which is funny because they have an album called uplifter but they (laughs) they literally have like the most uplifting positive love your life um do what makes you happy smoke a bunch of weed don't get sick like there's one lyric that a lot of 311 fans get tattooed and no i do not have a 311 tattoo but yet I'm not gonna. <laughs> it's a little big. Um, there's one lyric that says, stay positive and love your life. And that's kind of the mantra of all the 311 fans. And it's that's like, cool. I love yeah, that. Yeah, there's, yeah. I've loved them since I was allowed to listen to my own music. Ashley, where are they from? Uh, Omaha, Nebraska. They have a song called 10 Omaha points. Wait, what, okay. What year, what year did they start though? I believe this is their 30th um, anniversary this year. So 1990. According to 311, or <laughs> according to 311, according, according, to to Wiki- 311. according to Wikipedia, uh, 311, pronounced 311, <laughs> is 
What? Uh, that's what it says. If you go to the Wikipedia page, it's the number 311 and then in parentheses well, pronounced guess, 311. I guess you could say 311. But guess, yeah, yeah. Or 311. That's, that's probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was funny. That is funny. Oh, um, also, I know why it's 311. You can ask me that. Or well, right after. When did, when did uh, they? Right. Um, Wikipedia says the band was formed in uh, 88. Ooh. 88. I was fucking one. Wow. I was bro. born. Maybe uh, this was their 30th anniversary of touring. Yeah, I mean, it says that Nick and uh, Jim was a previous member. Mm-hmm. They started it with Peanut. Mm-hmm. And then 92 is when they added uh, Doug Martinez to the band. So yeah. and Chad Sexton has always been part of it. Have they been, like, pretty consistent with members? Like, yes. Oh, cool. Yep, cool, since cool. 1990, I, they, yeah. There's a cool thing on Wikipedia that. with bands that... Um, they have a timeline and then it'll show you which members have been in at one time and when they left. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. 311, um, they are best fucking friends. They're like brothers and they love each other so much. They go on tour every summer and they never really got into like the hard drugs, the yeah. drugs that t- and alcohol. Like they never really, I mean, I'm sure living in LA in the 90s, like as young. Oh, they did coke. They did for coke. Sure. For sure. <laughs> But they never got into anything that caused them any sort of like despair or mm-hmm. like breaking up. They never, they all had like strong relationships with their wives and girlfriends. They all have kids. Like they just really love making music and they've always just been really good friends and super grounded, which is so rare to find five people that mesh like that. It's Oh, yeah. and, then, and then be able to be popular. Right. Like think about how Stay many like relevant. friends, friends bands you you know that do the same thing. They hang out and just make music and have a good time. But these guys are on like the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, you went to three eleven day uh, in <laughs> Vegas. Um, I was telling Corey at the time, you know, the quarantine was about to kick in. Three eleven was probably one of the only concerts, at least the last day, that was yeah. in so- the world. Fun fact, 311 was the last live show in the Western United States, west of the Mississippi. They were the last live show. They were the last show in Vegas to perform before Vegas shut down. I don't know about anywhere else, but they... um, we kept hearing about things getting canceled in the days like leading up, and I was messaging their tour manager, and I was like, (laughs) are you guys like still going to go? And he messaged me back. He's like, yeah, we're not... I mean... It doesn't look like we're canceling anything. Like, you know, Dang. I haven't heard anything. And um, <clears throat> so I I was messaging the band members. Like, that's how nervous I was that this was going to get canceled. Like, like on Instagram? Yeah. And they message back sometimes. They're actually really good about writing back to their fans. Um, but they, there was no, and then Nick Hexum got there two days early and he pointed to the marquee at the park MGM and he said, Hey, we're still here. So, I mean, I don't even know if they knew if they were going to wow. keep going yeah. until they got there. And then it felt really weird in Vegas. It was very, 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 very empty. Um, we were staying at the uh, Planet Hollywood and we were on like, oh, I the, saw. the 25th yeah. floor and like looking down onto Las Vegas Boulevard. It was dead. It was empty. It's wow. terrifying. Walking through the casinos was really quiet and weird. And like, I mean, we just went about there was nobody at the pool we went to the pool one day and it was like mm-hmm. we were the only people in the, in the planet hollywood pool 
like wow. where rehab happens, where they did a reality TV show. Like we were the only ones there. I definitely party so, there. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it was kind of nuts. And then all the fans were like so thankful, and you could just feel how thankful that we were. And then three eleven up on stage kept mentioning it, and they were like, "We really appreciate you guys being here. Like we really appreciate that you." braved the and it was sold out i mean there was maybe like five empty seats around us like i mean it probably came. sold out oh it like, sold out a long day. time ago but like people but like the day of home. like when the, the tickets came out it probably sold out the day of right within no, like minutes no it took no it took about it takes about a month because it's it, you have to it's buy three all, days you have oh, to buy all three days you have to when the tickets originally go on sale yeah unless you buy them from someone who bought them you they make it so that you can't scalp these tickets. So I like they, didn't re- they mailed the tickets a week before. So you couldn't, you can't have access to your tickets. Yeah. So you can't wow. resell them. So really they make it so that if you buy these tickets, you have to go. I love Our that. friends bought tickets to go with us and then backed out last minute. And they tried to sell them up until the day. And no, I mean, nobody, Nobody was going to go during right yeah. now. Even I, I was considering it, but mm-hmm. I was like, I can't afford it. I'm going yeah. to quarantine. Yeah. 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 I, uh, uh, funny, funny story. I was at, what was it? Ohana Fest last ooh. year. And was it Ohana? Festival. No, maybe not Ohana. Back to the beach. No, I went there too. Nice. And yeah. And uh, his name's what? Nick? Nick? Nate? Nick? Nick. 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 Yeah. Oh, he played. The hottest he, man in the world. Yeah, he played. He played a couple You're songs. Married, on lady. Stage. Okay, Kevin thinks he's hot too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he. <laughs> so do I. He. Sorry, uh, I don't. I don't really know what he looks like. So. Oh, he's a he, fucking babe, dude. But. <laughs> yeah, we. Of all the members, um, no offense, but he is. He should be a goddamn <laughs> model and not be three eleven. The abs on that man. Ooh. I'm like. Oh my god! You he's could like ripped. You could like fry an egg on his obliques. Like they're nice. so hot. I can't. <laughs> Anyways, enough man talking. Anyways, sorry. Oh, I, anyway, he came, he came out. I, yeah, it was it was back to the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, yeah, he came out and they played like Amber and another song Down, yeah. I think, or something. So that's, the, so that's the cool thing about your show. You went to uh, Ashley. Like Corey went to that festival where they probably just played all the hits because that's what or wants. just two songs because he wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't three eleven. It was just Nick yeah. Hexum as a special guest with. Yeah. Oh another band Feldy. yeah <laughs> of course they but, just played two songs but, but if, every yeah but uh, yeah. uh before that though like when 311 plays they play mm-hmm. they play they get an hour but the thing you went to yeah that's how many awesome fucking songs did they play 103 103 songs 103 songs dude I, I i'm not an amazing musician i'm pretty good but i don't know if i could learn 103 fucking songs yep holy they, shit they uh they did three nights two yeah. shows each night each show was two hours and had at least 30 songs if holy not crap yep. wow. and they i sent robert the first song of the three nights which i sent, was, I sent it to Corey. we watched yeah, it I, wa- I watched those so the first song um was freak out which freak is out, yeah. a fucking intense and awesome song and yeah. they just rap or sing throughout there's like no break like someone is doing something and saying it's a lot of energy so it was a great song to start with the 100th song was called hive and hive is like a deep pull for fans because it's off one of their like very first albums and no, hold on. And they that's what you call like the fan base right 
the hive is what they call their stu- their recording studio. The fan base oh. are called excitables. I don't like that as much, but okay. I, it's okay. Some, some people I call like the idea of like the group being we called also, the hive. We also know? call ourselves the brodals. Cause that was another song that they wrote, but um, are you sure that's not a Harry Potter thing? It's yeah, not. it does kind of sound. <laughs> that's but probably that, a lot of 311 fans are probably Harry Potter fans. Oh yeah. Probably there's, a lot of there's a lot of nerds in 311. Yeah. There's a lot of 311 nerds. It was kind of weird. There was people getting married there. Like they had Whoa. a bass player's dad officiated like three weddings on 311. Wow. Huh. I met the bass player's dad. It was actually really cool. I was at breakfast the day after the first concert. Oh, Mr. N- Mr. Nutt? Mr. Nutt, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Nutt. <laughs> he is his first name. For, for, sure, for sure he's been called that before. I I, sure I, I, I shouldn't be the only <laughs> Mr. one. Mr. Nutt. Mr. Nutt? No, I didn't know he was sitting there. And I walked up to a table full of 311 fans who were all wearing 311 shirts. Yeah. And I walked right up to him because that's just what I do. And I was like, you guys, last night's show melted my fucking face like how are you guys even sitting here right now like and the, the guy next to me looked up and goes meh it was okay and i was like oh, oh my god and they all were like he's kidding he's kidding and i was like oh okay good okay like, good how good was that and everybody was like it was awesome we were like elbowing because social distancing so we were like high elbowing yeah. i went to the bathroom i came back out and two guys at the bar wearing 311 stuff at a random our hotel planet hollywood which wasn't even near the park mgm so that's how many yeah. people were around they stopped me and they go, do you know who you were just talking to? And I was like, no. They go, that's Peanut's dad. And I'm like, oh my God. So I walked back over to the table with my tail between my legs. And I was like, Mr. Willis, I am so Mr. Honored. Nutt. Mr. Nutt, I'm so honored to meet you. And he stood up and hugged me. And I was like, would you please tell your son that his music makes my heart happy and that I'm so grateful to be here? He was like, he took my face in his hands and he goes, I absolutely will. You be safe this weekend. And then Aww. I saw him on night three during Who's Got the Herb, which is only a live song. It's not on any album. And I walked down to him and he put his arm around me and he's like, my new buddy. And we like danced to Who's Got the Herb. Wait, is it. that the song that goes like, who's got the herb when I'm hot or dry? No. I'm on. Uh, yeah, it, so yeah, that's high. it. Yeah. It's, that's not, it's not an album? Revolution, not, Revolution like covers that song, I think. They do. It's That's not, cool. it, it was an originally a live song and now it's on their greatest hits, but it was oh. originally just played live. Huh. That's yeah. cool. I, I, I love reggae though. Like mm-hmm. them and their reggae stuff's awesome. Oh, and yeah. then stick figure is incredible too. Oh my God. I love of, stick so. figure. Just I saying. keep trying to find concerts for stick figure. And I oh, I saw any. them at, I saw them at the red rocks amphitheater. <gasps> oh my God. Corey. Crap. Fuck you. Holy crap. No, no, fuck you. Seriously. Incredible. I don't wow. listen to stick figure, but the fact that you've been at Red Rocks and I haven't. Dude. You can go fuck yourself. Corey. Beautiful. Right Did in the you ass. Get stoned? Um, no, uh, actually. Not at that show. That's a disappointment. <laughs> that a disappointment. How were they well, like? I, he was high well, on music. I was probably high because probably. there a was so much guy. weed everywhere. <laughs> um, it, it, was, uh, it was really good. Really good. Like you could see Denver... Yeah. from like there you could mm-hmm. like th- there was like bobcats like walking on like the, the rocks shit. above wow. and i've stuff. always wanted to go there it was nuts that that's an unreal venue i don't know it's a bitch to get to and like a bitch to like park and like walk up and stuff worth but it it's way worth it nice i yeah. was just gonna mention um i i i, I don't 
consider myself a, a three eleven fan like Ashley. She's die hardcore. Yeah. I, I like them. They come on K Rock. I'll you know on the radio. I'll turn it up. Fucking mm-hmm. let's rock out a three eleven. So <clears throat> as kind of like an outside perspective, I, I see three eleven now almost like the new modern fish. Right or like, the Grateful Dead. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's they have these people like cult following. Yeah, I mean the the, uh, the concert you went to. There's mm-hmm. people definitely from countries coming, yeah. right? Oh yeah. People who didn't speak like very good. I mean, when you stand in line at these things, you start talking to people. The 311 fan base is one of the most loving, welcoming, mm-hmm. positive fan bases. Kevin and I have now been to two 311 days, both of them in Vegas. And every time we go, the bar right outside the venue is just full of 311 fans and they're handing out bracelets and they're handing out merchandise for free. We got like five bracelets, like... People, we became friends with people two years ago that we had dinner with this year and sat next to. Like, they, you stand in line to get in and you ask people, like, how many have you been to? People bring their children. People got <laughs> married. Like, it's such an intense fan base, but there's also like really, really weird people. <laughs> I love the 11 fans, but there are some like on the level of like Star Wars nerds. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's intense. Like now, that, if you go to Star Trek territory, you're, you're no, then that it's that level dangerous. too. Like, I mean, okay, yeah, there there are some people who there are actually two fans that I follow on Instagram, and they are probably the biggest Three Eleven fans. And they made them a photo album this year called the Unity Project, and they actually got to meet with them the day before and give them this photo book that they made for them. And like, they stand in front at every concert. Like you can see them in every video. I know wow. exactly what they look like. Cause they're in front at every single video it's and they crazy. have 311 tattoos and they, she makes 311 merchandise on Etsy. And he like does 311 art. I love Thursday, but I, I'm sorry. I, I You're not, <laughs> dude, I'm sure you've drawn like a caricature of Geoff. Before, I'm terrible. Like, I'm, ter- I'm terrible at dry, <laughs> just uh, drawing. The only thing I share with Jeff is a birthday, and I'm I'm okay with that. Right, that's and you awesome. Happy birthday every year, right? Yeah. And then Thrice is my favorite band, and I like I don't go that I go to their like signing and stuff and talk to them sometimes. But there's like, like this line that yeah. you know you yeah. can be a fan just, and you do the meet and greets and stuff, but their job I'm not gonna like. It's like a it's like a parent consistently pestering me at you know i'm, I'm like calling me every right? day <laughs> God, Mr. Corey, i just really want to thank Stotts. you I no it's really mr nut he's mr, mr. nut i just want to thank you for being such a great teacher no actually i was kind of bummed um i had this is really oh man i'm gonna reveal my nerddom so Do when it. i get excited for something like when something's coming that i'm excited about like when i got yeah. married i would dream about it and when i go camping i dream about camping before i go so yeah. before three eleven day, I had three dreams that I met them. Were they eleven minutes long each? Each nice. dream was eleven minutes, and Mister Nut was the star. <laughs> Mister Nut, <laughs> I get the, like Mister Peanut with his little monocle <laughs> and, his and oh. the bass. Is and that the- what Peanut's dad looks like? No, <laughs> Peanut's dad looks like a member of the Grateful Dead. He's a tall, thin hippie. He was wearing tie-dye the whole weekend and, like, crystals around his neck. He's a thin yeah. hippie. Um, what was your dream about? What were well, your I just dreams? met them. Every time I, would, every time I dreamt it, I was meeting them. Oh, one time Corey, I, Corey was curious. Have, have you met them? After the show. Oh. One time it was... No, I, I dreamt about it. So then 
at the concert, they said, hey, uh, there's a meet and greet on the on the fourth to Saturday and the show ended Friday. So on Saturday, you can meet Nick at this uh, weed shop. And I was like, cool. So I planned Kevin was just going to drive home by himself and I was just going to take a one way flight back and I was going to meet Nick Hexum like. <laughs> I was going to touch his abs. Um, I would have gotten arrested. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Worth it. And because of the COVID-19, they sent out a mass like text to all the fans and said, sorry, but the meet and greet's been canceled. I don't know if I've been more heartbroken oh. in, a, in a long time. I was pretty heartbroken. That's pretty this was a dream, right? No, no. No, that was no I had three dreams that I met them. So when I went to 311, oh. I saw that I could meet him. Got I was it. I a one-way ticket and fly home by myself. And Got it. And drive five hours home by himself. So I could Oh, meet yeah. And, and then, then they canceled it because of the coronavirus. Yeah. And I was like, ah, why? So be, but you've never met any of them at all? Nope. Well, that's a bummer. I'm surprised. Yeah. I, I'm Mr. surprised. Nutt, uh, that's good. Mr. Nutt. Yeah. You did Mr. Mr. Nutt. I did meet Mr. Nutt, which is pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, do you want to get into the album? Let's do it. Let's yeah, for sure. Um, so Voyager, um, 2019, like, right? What yeah. month? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know when it came I out. I want to say April, March. Okay, cool. So well, we're going dropped, back a little bit. They Jul- July twelfth, two thousand nineteen. They dropped their first single, "Good Feeling," around April because I remember listening to it this time last year when I was in Cabo. Got it. Okay. But yeah, the full album probably came out in the summer. Oddly enough. Um, at 311 Day, um, they debuted like eight of these tracks and they hadn't played them live yet. And they wow. debuted them at 311 Day. And I will say, before we like judge the album itself. Scrutinize. We're scrutinizing. Scrutinize. I'm sorry. My bad. What a horse. <laughs> scrutinizing <laughs> shenanigans. What podcast do you think you're on? Where the fuck am I? Where am I? <laughs> um, before we scrutinize the album, I will say that when I first heard this album, it took me a couple listens before I was like, okay, I I can dig this album. It's not one yeah. of my favorite 311 albums, but I, you know, that happens. Bands can't put out jams all the time or else they wouldn't be good bands. They would be Thursday does. Shut up, Robert. So, then I saw these <laughs> Sorry. Then I saw these songs live. This album is meant to be played live mm-hmm. these songs live blew my mind i have such more appreciation for um stainless that's one of that's the first uh, that was my favorite yeah. song of night one and it blew my mind i could not believe the fucking force that's behind that song and then what the which is a really trippy track but tim mahoney was like the main writer of it and he's like the george harrison like he doesn't write very much and he wrote this one and it was an amazing song live and then dream state and then i mean they play and dodging raindrops they played live and it was like this album if i could grade it live i would but i can't it was better live you got a fucking creep behind you do you want to talk about the, the song? Do you want to talk about your favorite? We could do a plug for Kevin. Uh, if anyone needs fireworks, um, hit up Kevin and Ashley. Well, yeah. If anybody needs fireworks, Illegally. let us know. We got the good shit. There, seriously. What's, your, though, what's your favorite song on the um, Voyager album? Skip Voyager. Skip. Wow. He says skip Voyager and oh. go back to Mosaic. Okay. I might have to go listen to it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. 
It's really good. He's right. telling me that he has to go somewhere really quick, so please hold. I want to find out where my husband's going to. All right. Where are you going? Corey, um, so you told me uh, before I listened to the album all the way through, and then you yeah. texted me and said, dude, uh, like – can you guess what tracks says, film sorry, and produce? It's okay. We're he's talking John. He's going to go lift weights with his bro. Oh, oh bro. yeah. That's his, awesome. bro has, his bro has an at-home gym. Would you like to play golf on Easter Sunday with Kevin? He has a tea time and he set it up for four and he would like you to join him. Fuck yes. He says, fuck yes. <laughs> Best way to celebrate Jesus, right? Yeah. Golfing. <laughs> Jesus would be the best golfer. The resurrection of the the, the passion of the ball. The resurrection of no, the ball. No, I don't know. Passion only, of the ball is kind of... He would only have... Uh, <laughs> sounds like a poor... <laughs> yeah, it does. Damn it, that, jo- that joke's better than what I had. Oh, I said he, he, only had, he only had 12 clubs. So now. <laughs> Ooh, like 12 disciples. 12 yeah, got it. Uh, um, no, we were talking about... Uh, so, oh, Cor- yeah. so we... Uh, I mean, we were playing on this episode for a while, and we told... You know, we we're going to listen to the new 311 album and Corey and I were texting and he texted me. Um, hey, can you guess like which tracks John Feldman produced? And I was like, without what looking the, what was like, wait, I, what I said was like, what the fuck? John Feldman produced his album. Who I didn't even John know. Feldman? Like, he produced okay. Mosaic, too. Like, that's Funny why- thing before you explain who he is, is okay. like I, I didn't even look at the credits and I'm like, wait. Wait a minute. You this had like sounds, you could just I hear knew it? it. I was like, yes. This Are is you a like, pot. Like, you'll do you have see. like a do you have like a mini hard on for John Feldman Corey? No, no. <sighs> I, I have a love-hate relationship yep. with his work. I don't hate him. I think he's a cool dude, but I have so, a love-hate relationship with like his work. Okay. Am so I John gonna Feldman. be disappointed? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Here, here's the thing with John Feldman. Okay. Um main guy of Goldfinger, been oh, pop rock. Yeah guy forever i mean okay. they're great they make great songs i will tell you why this makes sense then in a second go ahead yeah um growing up john feldman definitely made some of the best albums i have yeah. like i listened to i mean the used i think he did story of the year i mean so wow. many albums like yeah i mean mm-hmm. a ton blink um Shut but then up. but then like once i got into my like my 20s you he's mean your emo records phase? what's that you mean your emo phase no, it's like post emo face, post <laughs> hardcore emo face. Um, oh, sorry about that. Kevin's texting me about golfing. He's excited about it that you want to go to <laughs> the tea time before people. Um, he started doing some records and producing that was, it was just too much for my opinion. It sounded okay. like Much when pop. he first started, it was more raw and punk and mm-hmm. rock. And then he started getting like these kind of pop influences and starting mm-hmm. doing uh like synth stuff and beats and stuff and i was just like ah, i'm not digging it and mm-hmm. since then like what Corey said i have a love-hate relationship with this guy okay. i think he's probably hands down one of the best pop rock yeah. producers out there like no question like what that guy does and what he's produced out of his studio is incredible yeah but sometimes it takes he takes it to the extreme okay. so when he said that uh, Corey said, Hey, Feldman. I was like, Oh shit. Let me go look, re-listen to this and see what tracks he did. I definitely made a connection with this record and the last blink record. 
because yeah, the last exactly. blink record, last blink record was definitely, I mean, they've had some reggae influences with like Travis right. Barker kind of side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This last record had quite a bit more. And I, I was, I was, and when I got that in my head, I'm like, okay, which record came first? Did the blink record came? F- cause, cause also too, the 311 record, as much as it is diverse and there's so many like Dear different God. kinds of music. And that's true, by the way, side note, that's true. If you go and listen, if you actually go and listen to 311 albums, not on shuffle, but like an album from start to finish, the variations of songs and music types and yeah. influences, that's a vein that's ran through their albums. Their whole, it's, this isn't like they decided in one album that they were going to change it up. That's just them. That's just yeah. who yeah. they are. They, they have no structured identity. They're not reggae. They're not ska. They're not pop. They're not rock. They're not rap. They're all of, they're prog. I would, I would argue. I argue I'd argue too. saying that they they're all of those. They, yeah. Exactly. How, they're they're all of them. It, let me back. Let me back up a little bit. I want to preface this to people that might look at three eleven like oh three eleven like oh, some Amber. People, yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Some people look at that band like oh maybe douchebag. I'm douchebag rock, but mm-hmm. they don't appreciate it. Right. You got to. This band how long they've been doing shit and making money and then be able to put in five, six different kinds of genres yeah. in their music and be able to do it and not sound Seriously. and not sound like each song is a different genre. Like it all blends Sounds like 311. Yeah. It's I, I give them props for that. Well, like that, that's kind of what I said on the, like in terms of production, like I actually think it's generally a great record actually yeah. um i'm a bit confused on like some of the direction but mm-hmm. um there's some like really heavy dynamic songs that almost sound like prog metal yep. it's oh, yeah. crazy yeah. Yep. Uh, stainless <laughs> is like super like, progressive did you watch the live the yeah. video Okay. Super good. Do you um, understand that song? Do you appreciate that song more than yeah, you watch it's it a, live? It's a banger and it like it's it's a song that showcases like their musical talent. And there's yeah. other songs on there which I'm like, what? How do you even think of that? Like, that's and then crazy. they gotta and then they gotta remember another hundred songs. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> so I mean, as not a, a avid 311 fan like Ashley is, let me turn myself up a little bit. Um I appreciate this band as a musician, yeah. like what yeah. they're able to do. There is such a small percentage in the music industry that this is allowed, like mm-hmm. to last this long to have a fan base, this dedicated and be able to span six different genres and be able to blend it. I, I give them props. And gener- yeah, yeah. And generations, generations of people there. There was every age human at three eleven day. Like, and they're still making them <laughs> questioned a little bit of the, uh, of the children in the gigantic park theater hot box that it was because everyone yeah. was smoking weed, but Totally. How many shows did we go to Ashley yeah, back right, in the day? Right, Dude, we right. went and saw three eleven. Dude, do you remember the show? I remember now. We went and saw 311 on Halloween with Alien and Farm yes, at the uh, Universal Amphitheater. When it was oh, closed. Universal Amphitheater, that's yeah, right. When yeah. it was closed. Yep. I remember they, that show very vividly. And they were all dressed up in costumes. And that's Nick awesome. had bleach tips. And then Alien and Farm came out as Oompa Loompas. Oompa Loompas. <laughs> yeah, the whole band came out as like full on Oompa Loompas. So, and I remember we like in the middle of 311, the, the, we went outside or something to get 
to pee or get merch or whatever. And we came back in and we didn't realize when they were performing how much fucking weed smoke. Oh yeah. Was. You walked in and it was smoking just... back then. You open the door and you're like, Oh my God. This whole I was, pop when thing. I, when I moved out here in California, Robert was still in high school. And so I would drive us to any show yeah. he wanted yep. to go to. God bless His mom her. would buy us tickets. Robert would say, I want to go to this show. His mom would buy two tickets and I would drive us to the show and I'd get to go see all these shows. So once I was like, I want to go see three of them. And Robert's <laughs> like, cool, Alien Ant Farm's playing. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. He's like, how old were you? Like 17, 16? I was definitely still in high school, yeah. And we walked back into, because we had been inside the whole time, not really realizing what was going on. And I didn't smoke weed back then. We walked yeah. back in after peeing or doing whatever. And I was like, oh, I may have just exposed my cousin to weed for the first time. This is probably yeah. not the best thing. That's probably why I had such a good time that night. That's probably why we both had such a good time. <laughs> good. But I've been to, I think, this last 311 day, if you count all three nights as separate shows, I think I have now been to 16 311 concerts. Wow. Yeah, well... I think it's I've been to three. Your favorite band, but like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've probably been to that many Thursday shows. Thursday. So I, I think I've been to 50, I can't count. 50 Thrice shows. What the 50, 5 0. <laughs> I've traveled to see them. <laughs> Corey is probably maybe equally nerdy with Thrice as you are with 311. Yeah. You have, but you have to have something like that. You have to have a band that you can consistently go back to and relate to and yeah. use as a crutch when you're sad or to like oh, help, hell yeah. you get, help you get out of a bad mood or to help you through a breakup or just to fucking turn on while you're driving yeah. and rock out to like, you have to have a connection to music. And if that's thrice for you, fucking yeah. out, man, hell yeah. Another 311, like, it was when I was younger, like middle school, I was really, really into 311. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of like went off my radar throughout high sure. school because I went on yeah. like an emo kick. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they and they stayed they stayed kind of the same, like not yeah. the, like not in a bad way. Consistent. They I like consistent. consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, people's music tastes change. And I definitely lost touch with them. Um there's two albums, Stereolithic and um, Universal Pulse. Yeah. And I sort of fell out of, they because d- they didn't like put them out on K-Rock. It wasn't like- Got a, it. It was like they produced them kind of and, and engineered them and did it themselves and sort of just released them. And, and then, uh, but I would always still go to their shows. Every summer, Kevin and I, since we started dating 15 years ago, we've seen 311 every year. Yeah, it's awesome. And- they don't ever play songs from those two albums. But when we were going to go to 311 Day four years ago, I started listening to those two albums. And those two albums actually have some of my favorite 311 songs on them. So it's like, you may fall away from them, but when you go back and listen to albums that you might have missed or skipped over, there's a lot of fucking good jams on on every album. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So uh, vocally... um. I had some thoughts because I was going down like the scrutiny scale mm-hmm. and on the, the vocals I really liked because there was a couple of songs on there like better space or mm-hmm. like charge it up. They really mm-hmm. like hearkened back to like their old school stuff. Yeah. I think like better space almost sounded kind of like down. Yep. And then like charge it up was like another one that felt like really punk. And yep. Classic. Punk. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I love Crossfire right out of the bat. Dude, fucking- Crossfire is dope. Yeah. To start that- the album with that. 
I, I well, first time I listened to it was in my car and I turned it up and it was like dun, 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 dun. I was like yeah let's fucking drive let's go baby and those guitar tones are super heavy have you guys have you guys heard of a band called Umphreys McGee no you just made that band up Corey no no they're like it sounds like like uh like they would be say that again what are they called Umphrey like U M P H R E E make so like instead of Humphrey G E E okay. yeah so Humphrey's McGee is this like prog rock but like softer form like uh, but they're still heavy somehow in this record like I was like holy crap it's super dynamic it's like all the heavy songs I love the heavy songs on this Voyager record yep, yep. um the poppy songs piss me off but like. <laughs> I'm mad that I'm pissed off because they're like well-written pop songs. But I, I mean, good fucking feeling, I know good I want to hate them. Good feeling is such an upbeat. It's so like, good. Summertime, uh, like I got a good feeling. Yeah, and it's like that's three eleven. That's that's who they are. Those lyrics are yeah. what three eleven is about. Is I've got I just, a good feeling about you and um, it, look up, like always keep your head up and yeah. I'm gonna start singing that fucking. Song. So it's like it's like three eleven doing pop they do it really well too they do everything they do really well mm-hmm. <laughs> i've realized but at the same time like it, it has a feel that i'm like oh man i wish you would have just stuck with that like heavy like prog sound yeah. and it kind of like took me out of it for a moment yeah. but i don't hate the song i actually really dig that song you know it, when it first came out and I, they did like a K-Rock release and I was so excited like to hear this yeah. new song. And then I heard it and I was like, man, those lyrics are sort of ch- like cheesy, childish, but like simple. And I was yeah. like, that sucks. Like, I get it, I guess. Like they have to have like, that. that's probably my mm-hmm. least favorite song on the album, but I know why they wrote it. I mean, it, they have to have something that drags yeah. new people in and it, it still doesn't venture too far off from who 311 is but it's yeah. definitely more poppy than any song they've written in a long time well like in the little sounds in the background of like mm-hmm. the chorus like that's so john feldman that's yeah. like very very john Fel- he's very yeah. big on putting like pop background noise. sounds like background <laughs> ambient pop sounds and i have and- i have to be lame real one second i gotta pee i gotta been holding oh, it's fine dude. Right. so keep talking three uh, of john feldman one thing i want to say though before i go yes with, uh i was mentioning it earlier the the 311 album came before um the blink album blink, blink. so huh. i was i'm thinking i mean and then right before 311 um feldman was doing fever Three, uh, three, three, three. So he was already yeah. like in this kind of like hardcore feel. Yeah. And so I think that's why some of the record uh, record is like hard because he was John Feldman's in this yeah. like hardcore. And then I think through the three eleven and the reggae, and I mean John Feldman has to do three eleven yeah. reggae, and then do, goes and does the Blink album. I think the reggae kind of vibe. Not to say that Blink doesn't have carried that. Over, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, it was yeah. like literally was like the next album Feldman did. Yeah, but yeah. um, also just side note, Robert, if you're going to listen to Mosaic, I obviously recommend that you listen to it all the way through. But listen to the songs that Feldman was on on that album because they are 
some of my favorite on that album. He's a good dude, man. He's great. He's I, fantastic. Like I said, love, hate relationship yeah. with this guy. Okay, UP, and I'm going to tell Corey about the relationship between Goldfinger and 311. Ten one. Oh, yeah. For sure. Ten one. Ten one. Okay, so Goldfinger and 311 have been like best buds since they started back in the 90s. Yeah. And they toured together like a bunch of times. And so... And they've actually, like, I think when band members, like, I think Chad broke his wrist once and, like, the drummer for Goldfinger sat in on the... Oh, they for, all do that. Oh, my God. They fill in with each other. Are you okay? Uh-oh. My husband just tri- tripped on the computer cord and oh. almost pulled the computer off the Poor table. guy. Oh, oh my God. Did man. you die? I don't think he died. Uh-oh. He's not resuscitation. He's not responding. Do you need my assistance? Do you need me out there? Okay. <laughs> that freaked me out of it too. Cause I was like, Oh, the computer. But, Actually, are you okay. okay. Sorry guys. Sorry. Folks. Yeah, okay. um, but anyway, so they have actually been friends since the inception of three eleven. So yeah. that's, and he, and they've worked together on past albums. If you go look that guy up, I, I recognize yeah. his name because he's on numerous albums with 311 like yeah. the universal pulse album i was talking about and um stereolithic he's on that um those two albums as well and they're they're fucking good yeah and i mean he's he like he definitely knows what he's doing and he makes bands big that's yeah. his thing like he's yeah. really good at that and like yeah. i can't blame him for that i don't want to be one of those like punk Haters. rock kids because yeah. i sometimes tend to have that it's like punk isn't like a it's not like a music or a look. It's like, it's a mentality. And like right. he in, in itself right. is a punk rock kid. Cause he's like, fuck, I'm going to make money making these bands big. And mm-hmm. he does. And I, I love that about his music. It's just, Feldman? yeah. Some of, some and of it he, can be irritating. On top of to that, he does Goldfinger like, stuff still too. Yeah. I was and telling really quickly, I was telling Corey yeah. that 311 and then Goldfinger have been to like friends since the inception yeah, of 311. For sure. And like, I think Chad, broke his wrist once and the drummer for goldfinger sat in on tour and they've toured together yeah. a bunch and feldman's actually on a bunch of 311 albums not just mm. this one and the last one like he's done at least the last six he's had oh. at least his hand in one yeah. thing so they've been friends for a really long time goldfinger is super sick i love goldfinger like they, they're one of the like more for, my forays into like punk rock and like see you know, i didn't i didn't get that. into them like i got like, I like a couple songs but the, when they came onto my radar like in high school or whatever i was like yeah yeah i thought i listened to newfound glory yeah you were <laughs> already more, kind of in that like mode yeah, yeah. totally I, I got it i dug it but i just yeah. it wasn't yeah. superman kick-ass uh, song. hey Corey, i just want to mention one uh one second because i just went to the bathroom and i totally forgot Something about, about our new and he thought about you while he was is your peeing. pee is your pee like too yellow right now yeah, like you need to drink more water robert i didn't Okay, go ahead. Sorry, continue. Uh, I was in the bathroom and uh, I realized we didn't have, uh, I didn't mention our new unofficial sponsor. Your penis. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take that part out of. <laughs> uh, no, the CDC. Mr. Nut. <laughs> Funny enough, the new unofficial sponsor of the So So Scrutiny podcast is the CDC. Fauci called me yesterday. He's like, dude, I know you're doing the podcast tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, really make sure to tell everyone to wash your hands. Love me some Fauci. That's what I just remembered because I just mm-hmm. peed. Wash yeah. my hands. Wash Got it. And social distancing and uh, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Thank so, you, Fauci. Thank yeah. you, Fauci. Go yeah. Fauci. We were, we were texting late night. I was, you know, three in the morning. I was. Yeah, right. He's up. I mean, he's I'm up. Off. He has to be up. So. He's up. 
So anyways. What's he doing? Nothing. <laughs> Look at Everything. That. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this album, because we have to get to sex ed. So yeah, 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 for sure. This album, I like I said, not my fave. And even though I loved it live, I still gave it an 81.5. Yeah. That's pretty high, man. What'd you give it? I gave it 82. I actually gave it higher than you, Ashley. How about wow. that? I mean, I really gave it high marks on the produced side, obviously, because yeah. of Feldman. Yeah. For um, sure. That's funny. That's where I gave it the lowest oh, the, scores. The bass. Oh. I gave the bass, bass yeah. really high. Mr. Nut is just the best. Born to, li- the Born best. to Born live. Born to live. Oh, my God. No, it's... Oh, it's- yeah. You should have seen the fucking Park MGM with 5,000 people going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so Nut Jr. really Nut did Jr. the <laughs> Nut Jr. Yeah. I like that. I'm yeah. never gonna forget that. <laughs> 311 and Peanut is now just gonna be like Mr. you know. Guys, um, the best drums is on Space and Time. If you haven't like gotten into that song, the drums on Space and Time. I don't know what he's doing. Um, and also on um, what the like. The drums on Space and Time are my favorite. It's like he does yeah. this backwards drumming. And Chad Sexton, if you ever get a chance to watch what he does during his solos in concerts, Crazy. That, oh my God, at the show, oh my God. So every time they do 311 Day, every member gets to do like a five minute solo, obviously. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Except for Nick and SA. They just. Hold sing. on. Uh, audio eye roll. There you go. Take yeah, the audio eye roll. So when Chad does his solo, He's not like Tommy Lee. He doesn't go upside down or anything. Yeah. Which is pretty has, awesome. I've fucking seen that and it's awesome. Right? He like does all this cool drum stuff and he has like all these different like machines that he's using and like he's got like two big huge bass drums and he's yeah. got triangles and cowbells. He fucking for the first time ever started playing and all of a sudden I hear this tiny little oh yeah 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 do 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 never much faith enough on miracle and he's like really scared and he got the whole audience to sing bruno mars with him what the fuck yeah, yeah. it was crazy <laughs> That's great. It, you make me feel like and like he was so scared with his little voice and then everybody in the audience started to like pick up and like look around and go is chad singing bruno mars right now and so we all sang with him and at the end everybody gave him does he face. not sing like back up oh. at all no oh. Interesting. Probably super shy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay, he's, um, he's 50. Might as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> I gave the record something different. And I have give? like a little note at the end. Uh, 89%. Wow. Yo. Um, I, I really, really like the record overall. The dynamics and like the choices kind of confuse me. Um, it's really, it's a frustrating record, but it's like a really good record. I feel like mm-hmm. they did that on purpose. Sure. Um. And I've actually been coming back to it a lot this week. I've just nice. been like putting it on and listening to it. Which is your favorite um, track? Stainless? Um, I don't know. Cause there's some songs on there that remind me of CKY and I'm a huge CKY fan. Oh my God. Their tone at least. Yeah. I think there was definitely, I forget what song it was, but there's definitely, God, I should have brought this up. I thought about it, making a mental note. There was a song on the record at the end of the song sounds just like the used it's like yeah. a like um uh, uh awkward handsome what's that song called 
Oh, I don't. You know what I'm talking know. about? No. It might I, be. I think I could tell you what song it is. Hold on one second. But I do. I, I think it's at the very end. It's like through all the whole song. It's charge not, it up or born to live. It's at the very end. It's like the end of the like build up of the song. And I was like, that yeah. sounds like just like the used. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> that's John Feldman. John Feldman did the used. <laughs> yeah, I will yeah. say if you like the proggier songs on this, like the more progressive sounding songs, listen to Umphreys McGee. Okay. Um, because they're awesome. I don't know if they really write anymore, or do music anymore, but they're super good. Um. In a lot of it, like this record reminded me of Cake at times, like some oh, cake, yeah. cake music. And I'm like, holy crap, you guys are oh, like... Oh, the um, What The great. and uh, Dream State definitely have yeah. a cake vibe to them. For, for sure. sure. Is Good Ruby. Feeling the one about smoking weed? No, that's... um. Oh my God. Is that Good Feeling? No. You've got a big cup, baby, let me fill it up. It's like the super smoking that one. good weed, yeah. getting highly off stoners. That's what that's what the and like I said, Tim Mahoney wrote that, and Tim Mahoney is the biggest pothead out of Do all. You guys hear that? Would you fart? No, I'm playing music. I'm just no. making oh, sure no, my iTunes. It. Yeah, I it's what the. I, yeah. I was like when I heard what the. I was like, oh, dude, this should be on fucking radio. And then he yeah. starts talking about smoking weed. And I was like, oh, that's why it's not on the radio. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that was probably more like tough. the most like poppy sounding song in the whole record, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it was good. good. I, I, I recommend it. Voyager 311. I know it came out like further back you, yeah. in 2019. It's, it's the so last good. one. If you're not a 311 like fan. I don't know that I would hard. start it's, here. No. Yeah. If you're not a 311 fan, this is not the place to start because yeah. the two biggest. It's not a bad record, fans, though. No, it's not. It's just it's not great. the album. To, and I love you, honey. Have a good workout. It's not the album to start your 311 voyage. <laughs> well done. <laughs> That's <laughs> not journey. the album to do so. In your voyage. Um, er. uh, yeah, I would what, definitely. What, what, what would you say then? Um, oh, God. Transistor. Uh, is really good. What about like the greatest hits? Just fucking get them all out of the way. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could do that. The greatest hits are actually great because they have more than just the 10 that they play when they go on tour. Um, I also really think Mosaic, if you listen to it, it, it would, it probably created more new 311 fans than any of the last albums in the 10 years in the last. Wow. Yeah. Mosaic was amazing. You guys should listen to it. Uh, Check that it's out. on the list. Um, any last thoughts? No, just oh, yeah, I, I do. Ashley, I'm curious, do you know how much Nick Hexum is worth? Well, I mean, I think his abs are insured at like seven million dollars, <laughs> and if they're not, they should be. Fuck me. And his um, eyes are one million each. Like, um, I was oh god, I would guess. Because these million. guys, these guys are fucking raking it in. Like, as much as they aren't like in pop on the radio and stuff, these yeah. guys geez. they tour. They're, they I are mean, touring. Not they have only, not stopped I mean, touring. How much were those fucking tickets? <laughs> Actually, pretty reasonable. So, um, if you break it down, each night was sixty bucks. That, wow, no, that's that, not that bad re- at all. But still, I mean, how big is that venue? Ten thousand. No, it's like 5,000, 4,500. Oh, that's still maybe? three times, times three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I and just. And then the merch, you guys, they had oh. an entire ballroom. Oh, a my God. ballroom of merch, and it was gone the second day. 
go, like I'm Oof. lucky I got this. This wasn't the shirt I wanted. <laughs> like, I'll, just, I'll just put it out there. This was not the one I wanted. It's the I like one it though. It looks like a Bernie shirt. Yeah, it does. It does. Huh? It does. Yeah. That's another unofficial sponsor, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Feel the burn. <laughs> go um, listen to Court, so, Corey. So I am once again. <laughs> it was actually Bernie on the other line. Three eleven. <laughs> once again, put the hands up once again. You sound like the cookie monster. <laughs> the, the social security podcast is the one percent of the 99 percent of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh, Corey, poor guy, you, man. Corey, you have a guess shit. for uh, Nick Hexum's net worth? I already know it. You told me. Oh, I did tell you. He's the only one in 311 I can find a net worth on. <laughs> He's worth think? about almost as much as I am, like almost. <laughs> $25 million. You know, a lot of money. I would almost imagine that they're all worth Robert. <laughs> tell me how much Mr. Nut is worth. The other Mr. funny Nutt? thing is the only I found like an article saying like Nick is worth the most because he's like written most of the albums. Yeah. Or the, the songs. It's true. Peanut's only worth like a million. <laughs> but no, still poor only guy. a million. Poor Mr. Nut. And then these these net worth things are kind of bullshit yeah. anyways. Yeah. They all was, live in like curious. Calabasas in the most oh, amazing yeah. houses with farms and like pools. and. That's where Felbin lives. So it makes sense. Heck yeah. They're all buddies. All right. So it's, it's raining. So I'm going to pull my computer inside because Kevin just went to work out. And then we're going to talk about sex. Baby. Let's do it. Let's talk about you. Um, yeah, so everyone thought this was a pretty good record. Go check it out. Um, while she's doing that, let's do just a quick, uh, if you haven't seen us on Instagram or Facebook, check us out. Right, review us on iTunes. And I, I've been trying to push this as much as I can. Tell a friend. Like, yes. Much social media is out there. That's fun. That helps promote, promote us for sure. But the word of mouth, that the only way this kind of podcast works is uh, word of mouth. So... If you think our dumb voices are cool, tell a friend. Yeah, if you don't think they're cool, just tell them to listen to it out of curiosity for how dumb they do sound. No, if if, if they think we sound dumb, shut the fuck up. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but if you if you like us, tell everyone. It's a, it's like a freak show just but voice version. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then you know also if you have ideas albums movies you want us to review send us a message like we're more than welcome or i mean in quarantine we're doing these uh mini episodes and doing retro reviews so or if there's like up. a really bad b movie that you want us to watch please Corey, let us know because i will watch that i'll watch the good movies and then Corey i love can- it yeah, <laughs> I'm a huge B movie fan, by the way. Not like the B movie, that stupid DreamWorks movie, but like Seinfeld B, movie. Like B, <laughs> not Seinfeld as a B, but <laughs> B rated movies. Seinfeld <laughs> as a B. Uh, what else? All right, so let's get a sex ed. So let me set it up a little bit. Uh, Ashley not only is an expert on Harry Potter and Three Eleven, but in sex, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's partially because of my. Nana or our Nana? Oh, again. massively right. because of of Nana. And for she's sure. gonna. We're. I'm still working on trying to get her on the podcast. I know we've been talking about it forever. Um, she is 82 years old, so we gotta go at her pace. But she will be on eventually. But she yeah. has been. Uh, our Nana has been on the forefront of sex ed and STIs and HIV really focused. Yeah, really for, on sure. HIV for sure. But that's definitely you know paved a great road for you, Ashley. Um, um, yep. Why, why don't we set up a little bit like when you started doing this stuff, like your school and when you started doing classes? So 
I'll give you the spiel that I give the kids when I go and talk and Love I it. sort of introduce myself. Um, Hi, Mrs. Weller. What? Are you going to talk about us today about sex? <laughs> yeah. So I usually start off by telling them my name is Ashley and I have been um, teaching kids and teenagers and young adults about sex ed for um, about 10 years. And when I was growing up, um, I wasn't allowed to take health class. And I was raised in a very conservative Christian household. And I I wasn't allowed to take health class or um, I really had to monitor the science classes that I took. And um, during health period, which every ninth grader or like you're supposed to take it once in high school, which by the way, I find absolutely horrifying that you only take it once. Um, I think, I think in high school, not only was it once, but it wasn't even like a full semester. It was like a half a semester or something. Do you remember that Corey? It was like, it was was half. It was no, I think driver's ed and health. That's what it was. And it was the same fucking teacher. I met Liz. Oh, that's cute. We were actually a married, we were actually a married couple in, uh, sophomore year in one of our skits that we had to do for health but Uh-oh. lame class because it was like super short we didn't learn about i i feel like health class like especially now and you can t- speak to this but i i feel like it should be more um there should be more of it because so, there's a, our world's a lot more sexually dynamic yeah. now i actually wrote a paper on it and they do um comprehensive health and sex education from kindergarten through senior year in Norway and Sweden. And those countries have the lowest teen pregnancy rate, the lowest STI rate, the lowest rape rate, the lowest sex crime rate, the lowest, uh, the highest, um, self-esteem like, and their, and their ages, the average age that people lose their virginity is pretty consistent across the world. Like in first world countries, not necessarily like in super religious or conservative countries, but um, in non-religious, non-conservative countries, the average age that people lose their virginity is 16 or 17 years old for boys mm-hmm. and girls. And that's across the board. So it, giving people sex ed isn't going to make them have sex sooner. It's just going to make it safer. Yeah. So the right way, right? Like, right. And they actually teach kindergartners age-appropriate health-related like this is what your body looks like and this is this is what you should allow and you need to learn how to you know know what's right and what's wrong and you need to learn how to clean yourself and you need to learn and then like when they're in the fifth and the sixth grade they learn about periods and menstruation and puberty Mm -hmm. and they don't separate the boys and girls I don't know about you guys but when I was in the sixth grade they taught us about our periods but they made the boys go to another room yeah yep they did that And what happens is that creates this like dichotomy between the sexes and the boys think that periods are gross and it's going to attract bears and whatever they think. (laughs) That's what I've heard. Hey, Ashley, it's science. It's science. I mean, it's science. I feel like it also perpetuates like a sense of like hyper masculinity and like this, this separation between, you know, male and female. And it's kind of like damaging. I feel like. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? We need to be viewing each other like on a similar level and a similar yeah. plane. It creates this separate yeah. like idea that women mm. are different. And then there's this, sh- there's this heightened sense of shame. Like yeah. I know all throughout 
you know, junior high and high school, if it was like when I had a period or my friends had their periods, they would take the tampons and hide them and be so Mm -hmm. embarrassed to have to go to the bathroom and like constantly looking and checking and seeing if there was anything showing. And like, it was this fear of something that is so ridiculously natural. It's like peeing. Like there's, you don't, you don't get to stop. It's something that happens. Like you can't make it stop and it's Mm -hmm. nothing to be ashamed of, but because they start you out in elementary school already in that separate mindset and like you should always it's just it's crazy so anyways I agree with you Corey it should be longer it should be done throughout it should be mandatory mine wasn't mandatory and I had to sit in the library during health class and yeah I was in high school in the 90s so there wasn't like the internet for us to kind of go and check out so I when I graduated high school, I moved to California and I lived with my aunt Linda, who's very like open and um, mm-hmm. progressive. She was raised by Nana yeah. and she would like hide condoms in my dresser and like, let me know if I needed to talk about sex. I, she, I could talk to her and I'm like 18 going, oh, I can't talk to anybody. I, this is awful. Ah. And yeah. I took health class in uh, my first year in college. And I took eight health classes after that human sexuality health classes. Cause I loved it so much. And when I met yeah. my husband, he had taken a human sexuality class at OCC and he's like, you have to take this class. It's so awesome. It's so good. And I took it and the teacher that I was supposed to take it with um, quit and they replaced that teacher with Hernando Chavez, who is a doctor of sexology. And he's like super huge in the sex education and health and sex workers. And like, he's a really big name in LA. If you look up Hernando Chavez, he's got articles and videos and movies. And he was my human sexuality teacher. And I took him for honors human sexuality the next semester. And we went to a dungeon and watched BDSM. And I was like, we watched someone get put into latex and the air sucked out of it. And like, they were just like in this latex suit. And we watched people get needles put in their back. It was crazy. That was a field trip. It was a field trip to San Francisco. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow, San Francisco? Yeah. We went to a it's not crazy. Conference. I'm not going to say it's crazy. No, That's no, it interesting. Was, it was nuts. Yeah. We went to did a you, sex conference. And did you have to pay for it or did the school pay for it? We paid for it. It was, it was oh. just out of our own pockets. And, yeah. And so then I went to Long Beach State and I took every human sexuality class you could take from biological to sociology to psychology. And, um, and now I'm getting my master's in health psychology. And awesome. I got an offer to teach human sexuality at Chapman University in the fall. So, professor, oh, that's over rad. Here. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Super when it opens cool. up, <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Hopefully, it opens. He sent me an email and he's like, This offer is contingent on the fact that we will be open. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, yeah. That's so cool. Like, it's, I, I think it's something that has been taboo for so long, but like, we're starting to kind of understand like the importance and, um, I know we're just scraping the surface because there's a lot that we like, not to mention, I think boys need to be learned, taught, learned, need taught to be learned. taught. You're a teacher, right? Boys wow. need to be learned. <laughs> boys need um, to be learned. Well, like they, they need to learn to be respectful and like no boundaries and stuff. And I don't think that's taught enough. Like, no. I, I know like there's like the big, like no means no, but like guys also need to learn to like, not even really go there if they, you know, if they're not given the signals, like very obviously. Yeah. A lot of the times it's, it's what the media portrays. There's a lot of, um, kids tend to get a lot of their information about relationships. I mean, that's Mm. how I learned how to make out was from television. Like nobody tells you how to make out on in health class. It's like, and now, especially with the 
the media that we can access and the media that children can access. And I don't even mean to like take it down this road, but porn is so accessible. And it it was when I was growing up there, like you had to watch the Playboy channel on scramble and thought you maybe saw a tit channel 99 spice channel channel, you remember that (laughs) the spice channel previews of girls like (laughs) pretending to be hot and then you're like or uh back in the day with limewire where you had to like take a day to download one photo and then you would download it and it would be a virus and your computer is screwed yeah Yeah, everyone knew that you were downloading porn yeah (laughs) it's and I, i i'd love to hear your kind of um opinion on this but like i think like a lot of times porn like gives like this kind of like a like i'm not i'm not trying to like jab at the porn Porn, industry like watching mike trout have sex like it's the best (laughs) of the best biggest dicks biggest boobs like the best of the best and we're not mike trout like don't expect to be like fucking in the bedroom and and they're acting like it's not like they're great actors i got <laughs> porn, porn actors and actresses give a lot of shit that they're bad actors. They're they're fooling me. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know, Corey. It's an interesting question. I yeah. um I actually did a speaking engagement at Chapman University about six months ago, and the woman who was speaking right before me was an advocate to outlaw pornography Mm. and she actually wants me to do a zoom presentation to her class about stis which is what i do best that's like my specialty is talking about scary diseases and making them funny we'll give Um, you a second we'll scare people in a second it It will scare people in a second but i make it i make it approachable i make it funny i make it Mm -hmm. i make people able to kind of connect with it in a way that is maybe not what they're used to um but this woman is not to knock any religion but she's mormon she has about six kids um, and she and her husband have a rehabilitation center for people who watch porn because she says that it is going to be the downfall of man. And I am not in that camp. I'm also, I really want people to be media literate. I want yeah. people to be able to recognize certain forms of pornography as fake and acting Mm -hmm. i mean robert's right you'll never be the mike trout of porn um and girls don't all want to have you know every hole filled (laughs) that's that's not gangbangs aren't necessarily everyone's cup of tea yeah um it's love you it's um Uh, it is. Kevin's going to do a big gangbang. Kevin's <laughs> off to do a gangbang. He has a Bukaki oh, appointment. Real quick. Oh. <laughs> um, I feel like the problem is that there is so much taboo around sex. It's yeah. gone to this extreme because we don't talk about the normalcy of sex and how sex is different for everybody and how some people can't have an orgasm from regular sex. So they have to have oral sex or they have to be penetrated in different areas in order for them to have an enjoyable time with sex. And Mm -hmm. we don't talk about how there are many different ways for people to enjoy and feel sexually stimulated other than just vag and peen. Like it's so unfortunate that society has 
turned sex into this taboo topic and the first place they go is it's pornography's fault and, and a lot of it is yeah definitely <laughs> because no one tells you what normal is if mm-hmm. that's your only reference point is what you're seeing and what you have access to in the media how is that that person's fault that they do start to feel like the only way they can come is if they have four girls or if they get choked or if they have a rape fantasy or like right now the top porn search do you know what the top porn search is right now what is it i don't know if you're ready mr pete mr nut mr nut it is mr nut no it's it's mom and son oh huh yeah it's heartbreaking like good lord and five years ago it was lesbian porn which to me i'm like well yeah who doesn't want to watch two beautiful women be beautiful like that's yeah that that makes sense to have that be the number one porn search but yeah it's mom and son and it's some freud shit no it's oedipus that's oedipus oh what i thought freud was all about you were in love with all about uh yeah that and also like your penis is an extension of your masculinity masculinity and all women want to be male and whatever yeah freud was fucking weird man yeah you ever take a class on freud and you will realize why he's not really talked about much any of those philosophers i feel like he's talked about a lot philosophizing he's not he did but sex was one of the things that he talked he was he he was the first person to say if a woman had hysteria she needed to be stimulated and she would go to her doctor and basically her doctor would like use a dildo and like make Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Is there, can you send me a link to Pornhub for that? Can I watch that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) The old porn with Freud. They have a Mr. Nut Nut is the star. (laughs) But anyways, I was just saying like, I learned how to make out by watching TV. Yeah. Kids, and that's like back in the 90s, early 2000s, the access to the types of media that children have right now isn't good. I mean, you can go on Pornhub on any computer and do a private window and no one knows you're Mm -hmm. on there. And it erases your history and no one knows you were there. And the type of things that come up, the first page. Oh, it's gross. Yeah. It's terrible. And so, of course, children and men and women have this unrealistic expectation of sex is because the mm-hmm. only thing we're teaching them, we're letting them be at their own devices. And that is, that's dangerous. So if you're able to sort of at an early age, elementary school, junior high, high school, talk to them about this type of sex, this type of sex without shame and without anger and you can't say oh you know at sex is bad and it's only for gay no it isn't if that's the type of sex you want to have just make sure that your partner wants to have that type of sex like it isn't something to be shamed it's something to be explored and to be educated on in a a really calm and straightforward scientific manner just like Mm -hmm. you teach driver's ed it's funny i use driving as an analogy for my sex ed classes i didn't realize that you guys had that in the same class it's actually really funny yeah we did it's i don't know but i know that a lot of um a lot of their perceptions come from you know just like what they what they see in front of them it it connects to social media too like we have unreasonable expectations about everything oh, from the way we look to the way we talk to the like music we listen to, to the yep. clothes we wear. Friends like, that we I have. Think, yeah. And like, speak to people. And I think like, if you think about it in that way, pornography kind of just like it falls within that category of like, these are this, this is like a window into what the world thinks like sex should look like. Yep. And then that's their first view of what it is. 
as yeah. opposed to getting talked to it by as a professional. As opposed to having a scientific yeah. view as their totally. first view. They should, right? You know, these teenagers need to see instead of like <clears throat> Peter North and all those <laughs> Jessica Jam or whatever, they need to watch like super VHS amateur yeah. porn on a tripod yeah. no cuts ron just jeremy watch. harry no. fat no, 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 not even porn stars just like you want to scare these kids some, forever yeah a little, little bit yeah uh a bit. true I'm, yeah i'm tired of them having fucking kids <laughs> right stop <laughs> having kids porn. everybody <laughs> i'm not having kids um but yeah, like, I think we should show them like, this is what it really is. Like, and then contrast to like the big production mm-hmm. lights and 4k cameras, drones and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I haven't seen. Oh, that's a good point, Corey. I don't think I've ever seen I, porn with a drone. Do they have virtual have no reality idea. porn now where you buy yes. those virtual reality goggles and it looks like you're the guy that's that is with the scary. porn star? Totally it's terrifying. So scary to me. I've, I've seen it. Oh, Kevin's seen it. He told me about it. He was, I, and he he immediately returned. He was like, "I can't do this. Like that's it's odd. It's pretty intense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's intense, and it's probably unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It, it makes me sort of think of like sex robots. Like, is this just going to? When end? are those available? Are those on pre-sale? Yet? <laughs> They're available now at www. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so Mr. Nut. Dot com. <laughs> yes, so, Corey. Knew it was going there. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh Let's get into the STI a little bit. The okay. scare, even scarier stuff. Mm. I mean, scare us with some yeah. some facts. Okay. Ashley, what, what do we got? Um, so, a couple of statistics that I throw out at uh, the the people I talk to is one in two individuals between the ages of fifteen and twenty five will contract an STI in their lifetime. So half of all young people have already contracted or will contract an STI. That's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Um, in, oh, I, used to, I don't have my numbers with me, but um, they say that uh, HPV, human papillomavirus, it actually has like over 200 strains of, uh, wow. of the virus and 23, 24 of those can cause genital warts. And four of the strains can cause some form of cancer. Um, and it is the most contracted STI in the world with over an estimated over 20 million people in the United States contracting some form of HPV every year. Wow. Um, and that means either the cancerous form or the genital wart form. But the WHO and the CDC actually estimate that if you have ever engaged in a sexual activity, including anal, oral, or vaginal sex, that you probably have one of the strains of HPV. Now, that doesn't mean you have the genital herpes strain. doesn't mean you have the cancerous strain. You could have one of the hundreds, strains, hundreds of strains that does nothing and you can't detect. Um, that's just because it's so contagious and it's so prevalent and it's so easy to pass from fluid to fluid, even, without, even with a condom, um, because there's fluids happening besides that. Uh, it's not saliva that it's transmitted through, but pretty much just contact if you have genital warts, all you really have to do is touch someone mm-hmm. else's genitals and you can get it. I tell a story when I talk about HPV about being in high school and being a nerd. And I had a wart on my index finger. Yeah. Right in the nail bed. And I was already made fun of because I was a nerd. And so I didn't want to be made up fun of for that. So I would lay my middle finger on top of my index finger to cover the wart because I didn't want anyone to see it. 
And I actually ended up giving myself a wart on the pad of my middle finger where I lay it on top of my index finger. And that is a very soft touch. Like I'm just laying my finger on top of my other other finger and I transmitted warts to myself. Imagine the jamming and the slapping and the rubbing and the grinding that takes place during sex. If someone yeah. has a genital wart, that's getting sloughed off and you're getting genital warts. It's like 99. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And no one's going into sex with a headlamp and examining nut sacks and examining labia. Like you're Wait, not looking at You're not it. supposed to? <laughs> you are. You should. You oh. should know everything about your partner's genitals. Okay. I'll, I'll bring my monocle. I'll, I'll return my Amazon my stuff. Monocle. <laughs> you should. You should know everything. Mr. Peanut style. Mr. Peanut style. You should know God. everything about your partner's genitals because if you see a wart, yeah. you can be like, "Hey, buddy, let's go take care of this together." Like, come on. But yeah, that, our genital warts are super contagious. And not to like interrupt too much, but no, like, please. and I and I would think you would agree, but I think it's all about healthy communication, like. And teaching the kids, like, it's okay to talk to your partner about this stuff. Like, yeah. what, yo, what do you like? What do you don't like? Yep. What, like, what's going on? Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. if if you feel uncomfortable being like, hell no, like, this isn't happening. You know what I mean? Hey, and yeah. guys One second, guys. I think okay. an Amazon guy is here at my door. I mean, give me a second. <gasps> Amazon? He's talking about oh, sex. Scary. He's talking about sex. Will do. Okay. So hey, if it's Mr. Nut, tell him we're sorry. No, tell just him we're kidding. sorry. <laughs> Are you delivering a cane or what is uh, this? Um, anyway yeah like would you say that's like important as well mm -hmm. communication is probably the number one skill um that should be taught in health classes not only communications like within your relationships with your sexual partners Mm -hmm. but communication within your your family with within your friends communication with your primary care doctor yeah um, knowing how to ask for tests for testing knowing how often to ask for a test knowing that you usually have to ask that doctors aren't just going to assume that you want an std test being comfortable in your body um knowing what's normal within you so that you can know know what's abnormal. For example, chlamydia and gonorrhea don't have symptoms in 75% of people. So men or women, 75% of people do not show a sign or a symptom of chlamydia or gonorrhea. In the 25% of people, hey, presence. Dang. Dang, he just got an onslaught from Amazon. Got three three boxes here. Nice. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, they're all broken. (laughs) So I'm talking about about chlamydia and gonorrhea and how they are um, not present. Yeah, not awesome. Asymptomatic or whatever. Asymptomatic in 75% of people. And that doesn't mean that you're experiencing a symptom and you're just not paying attention. That actually means that the chlamydia or gonorrhea just isn't exhibiting any symptoms within your body. It's living in there as a bacteria, but it's not giving you any sign or symptom and you can be passing it to anyone. If you are the 25% that shows a symptom, it could be pain during urination, which if anyone has pain during urination, please go to the doctor. It doesn't mean that you have chlamydia or gonorrhea. Please don't freak out. It could be a bladder infection, could be a urinary tract infection, could be a kidney infection, but it could be chlamydia or gonorrhea. If it hurts when you pee, that's not good. And that's pretty much a well-known, like everyone can kind of tell if it feels bad when they go to the bathroom. But the other two things, the other two symptoms, unfortunately in women tend to go unnoticed. And that's pain during sex because it doesn't always feel good for women to have sex because sometimes they don't know what they're doing. There's not enough lubrication. Their partner's really excited and is like a jackrabbit and is 
aggressive, um, or it's they have a small cervix, the, the guy's too big, whatever the case may be, sex doesn't always feel great for women. So they tend mm-hmm. to write that symptom off as, oh, I guess this is just normal because I'm a girl. If they're not able to communicate with their partner and say, hey, can you move a little to the left or can we change positions or can we use more lubrication? If it's hurting like deep, deep inside, like feels like it hurts by your ovaries, that's probably an STI. If it hurts because it's dry or it doesn't feel good, that means you need lube. If pain, if if sex hurts for a guy, that's a pretty big red flag. issue. Yeah. Sex usually doesn't hurt for guys, right? It usually feels pretty great for all men unless there's like, you know, a girl sits wrong, which I got punched in the eye once. Oh my god. <laughs> On accident, oh. but it it sucked. The black eye came out like my Almost, Tyson. yeah, yeah. We uh we bonked teeth one time and that hurt. Oh, that's like the worst. I think everyone yeah. does that when and you're I making dropped, out. I got dropped in the shower once and got a concussion. Oh. Yeah. Oh, to, oh man. Yeah. Kevin had to pull me out of the bathtub and take me to the hospital because I was un- <laughs> unconscious for like three minutes. And he was like, oh my, oh my God. God. I think like my worst like physical, like intimate injury was the teeth thing. Like when we've gone to kiss or whatever, you know, like we both come, come Even in. Right at- now, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, rubbing my teeth my tongue it's like, mm. mm-hmm. like yeah. it, hurts. it hurts so right. next subject give me another bad sti then okay sorry um <laughs> the last symptom of chlamydia and gonorrhea that could be more prevalent for dudes than girls is it's gonna be a bummer this word i have to say this word and whenever i do the class is always cringe but we're gonna talk about it so prepare yourselves gentlemen yes discharge okay discharge sucks because girls have like when discharge. you get discharged from the hospital Right, exactly. So when you get released, no fool. (laughs) Women have discharge every day. Our bodies are like self-cleaning ovens. It's pretty incredible. We create this fluid that sort of cleans out our systems because all of our sex organs are on the inside. Guys, your penis is on the outside. So you can look down at it in the shower and be like, hey, buddy, what's up? Make a little mohawk. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I see how I do it every day. Get back behind the nut sack, clean it. Mr. Nut needs a bath every now and then. (laughs) Yeah. Women can't do that. And douching is really horrible. No one should ever douche. It's really bad for the pH in your body. We have a self-cleaning mechanism that cleans our body out every single day. And girls have discharge. Now, that is not explained in as a kid. As a kid, no one knows about this, right? Unless you're married or you have sisters, it's really difficult for guys to grasp the concept that there's going to be something in girls' underwear every day. That's just a thing. That's how it is. And girls are really ashamed and uncomfortable about this. And so if they don't know what normal looks like, it would be very difficult for them to know what abnormal looks like. Yeah. So abnormal discharge is going to be any change in color, odor, or consistency. And if you notice that, it's something that you should go talk to your doctor about. On the flip side, if a guy's penis starts vomiting and he's not coming, he's probably freaked out. Like, buddy, what is going on? Why are you throwing up right now? And it's going to be green or yellowish. So dudes tend to notice green or yellowish. So it's like, infection right yeah it's an infection your your penis is throwing up he's sick he doesn't feel good and it's easier for dudes to spot these symptoms because (laughs) sex doesn't hurt normally yeah no peeing doesn't hurt normally for guys and guys don't have discharge so yeah it's harder for women to kind of recognize these symptoms which makes it more likely for them to get the 
pelvic inflammatory disease is the byproduct of untreated chlamydia and gonorrhea, and it actually Oof. causes massive pain and massive bleeding. Um, and what it's doing, it's eating the inside of the uterus. The chlamydia Oof. and gonorrhea have now turned into flesh-eating bacteria. They've crawled up inside your baby maker, and now it's eating the inside of the uterus and sloughing those cells out. And you know when this happens. It's painful, it's and, you're, and you're bleeding, and it's not. It's cramping and fever, and it's bad. And it's treatable and it's curable, but if there's too much damage done, it's irreversible and women can become infertile because they didn't treat the chlamydia or gonorrhea when it was first there because they never knew they had a symptom. What if I, I've heard something about chlamydia. Um, what about like the, with the brain in regard to the brain? I've oh, heard syphilis. in like, oh, syphilis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Syphilis. Different different yeah it's syphilis will never hide from you syphilis always lets you know it's there um that's the one nice thing about syphilis is is that it's (laughs) it's gonna make itself aware um there's three stages of syphilis uh the first stage and you always start at the beginning no matter where you come in contact with the person so if the person's in the third stage of syphilis you don't pass go and go directly to the third stage of syphilis you start at Mm -hmm. the beginning which is great for you um, the first stage is a sore about the size of a nickel, a little smaller, yeah. maybe the size of a dime. And usually that sore is going to appear wherever you came in contact with the fluid that the person is exchanging with you. So if a guy comes in a girl's mouth, she can get a, a, a sore on the back of her throat. If a guy oh. sticks his finger inside somebody who has syphilis, he can get a sore on his finger. If a girl... Um, goes down on another girl and then she can get syphilis on her mouth. Um, Is it, it's all like, like sex fluids, sex right? Fluids, not like, yeah. so not like mouth not, fluid. It not can't saliva. Come Unless there's blood okay. in the saliva, it's blood, semen, and vaginal secretions. Okay. So, Got it. Um, unless there's blood present in another fluid, then no, there's not really a way. But if like you have a hangnail on your finger and you stick your finger into somebody's vagina and they've got syphilis, you're getting a fucking syphilis oh. sore on your finger. Sucks. And the that's why, I, are, that's why I stick my thumb. I do thumb. So smart, Robert. God, you know. I'm just kidding. Oh, God. To college. Um, <laughs> the syphilis sore doesn't hurt. So that's another tough part for chicks is because, again, no one's wearing a headlamp and, and diving into the caverns and going, I think I see a sore back there. Like Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Vagina. Like no one's doing this. <laughs> is that a porn? I'm going to look it up porn. on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's right here. Nice. Nice production. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the whip scene is amazing. And the ball scene too. Um, So if you don't treat the sore and the sore is treatable by a shot, it's an injection of an antibiotic. It's gone. If you treat the sore, it's done. If you don't treat the sore, it will go away after about six weeks and then it'll turn into a rash on usually the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet and your stomach and your back. And the rash isn't like flaky, like chicken pox or measles. It's actually kind of like a purplish color and it looks like it's under your skin, like you're a cheetah, like you are the cheetah king, not the tiger king. (laughs) Uh, And you also will have like hair loss and some nausea and some vomiting. You can go and treat it in this stage and it's curable. If you don't treat it in this stage, it goes to tertiary syphilis or the third stage of syphilis. And that is when syphilis goes into your spinal column and works its way up into your brainstem. And it starts eating away at your brain like Swiss cheese. And I don't know if you guys know this, but you need your brain to survive. So eventually you will die from insanity caused by syphilis unless you die from something. For sure. Trump has that, right? For sure. That's the only explanation. 
it but it's happy. terrifying. Like terrifying. That's, that's scary. That's scary, dude. Now, <laughs> that's some like alien shit. <laughs> it is very rare for people to get to the third stage of, yeah. of syphilis in this day and age. I think in 2017, like three people in the state of California died from syphilis. Like they get it treated usually. Usually yeah. those people are sex workers or they're homeless. And so they don't really have access to healthcare. And yeah. They know that they should get healthcare. Um, but there's recently been a surge in syphilis um, in the last two years in Orange County. I'm going to tell you a number. It is going to blow your mind. I promise I looked it up and this comes straight from the health department of Orange County and straight from Nana, Robert. So, you know, that's even more important. I've heard this. Cases increased in Orange County by 400%. What? Yeah. And how? Um, Uh, It's called sex, Corey. Well, sex, I mean, like, not, not like, besides the sex, like, I'm interested in, like, the social implication. So here. Like, how I will that? tell you the top three reasons. I'm glad you asked, Corey. Great question. <laughs> yeah. um, so they say a lot of it has to do with this wonderful new drug called PrEP that actually helps prevent the spread of HIV. And hmm. as amazing as this medication is and as effective as it is in blocking the transmission of HIV from an infected person to a healthy person, it's actually creating a false sense of security. And so men who have sex with men, um, typically if they're having anal sex, there is a lot of open kind of, um, blood vessels back there. And there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's an easily, it's very porous and it's easily terrible like Mm -hmm. it rips easy and i don't mean to say the word rip and sex because it's not a painful thing it's just how like when you yawn and your lips kind of stretch a little bit and you know that they're kind of more exposed if they're chapped like that's what happens in the vaginal canal and in the anus is there's tearing of those walls and then that that leads to exposure of blood vessels. So any fluid that gets into those Mm -hmm. exposures or those fissures actually can increase the chances of you getting an infection. So when men who have sex with men use PrEP, they feel this false sense of security that they're not going to get HIV, which has been told to us that it's so terrible and so horrible. And that's what we should be focusing on is preventing HIV, preventing the spread of this awful disease. And it is, but now they're not using condoms as much. And so we are seeing an increase in syphilis. We are also seeing an increase in deaths in infants who are born to mothers who have syphilis. And it can cause blindness and deafness in babies, but it's also um, highly likely that the baby will just die from the complications of syphilis. The other reason they think, not just condom fatigue and this false sense of security, but Tinder is and dating oh, apps yeah. in general have actually, I just wrote a paper on this too. Um, they've actually been attributed to an increase in all STIs, not just syphilis, but all STIs in general. We've actually, for the first time in about 15 years, have seen the biggest uptick from 2016 when like Tinder and Grinder were first really introduced mm-hmm. to now the trend in STI transmission has actually gone up more than it has in the last 15 years. So we can absolutely, um, not necessarily causation, but some pretty deep correlation for sure. So I know you guys <clears throat> are married. I'm the only single one here. So I am on Tinder and I'm on Bumble. And I proposed this to Nana multiple times. And I, think I know what you're going to say and you're fucking genius. And I don't, I don't know why it's not a thing because you watch TV any cable station, any anything like that, the FCC makes you set aside time to put in uh, public service announcements about taking care of your kids, STIs, like anything that fucking yeah. dumb Americans don't know. They got to be told 
on television. We saw that when we were growing up. The more you know, like well, that's just NBC, smoke. but that that was NBC based. Like the the uh, I forget the the company, but it's like a government run thing where they make commercials. Like oh, yeah. it's a government, yeah, they public service announcement. Like, yeah, yeah, PSAs. I do not understand why they do not put those on fucking Bumble and Tinder. I think yeah. every ten swipes or five swipes, fucking make it five swipes. I actually know why. And 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 when you're on it, there are ads. Like you'll yeah. be flipping through girls, and then there'll be like a ad for Spotify, and then so you just swipe that. I don't mean that. I think it needs to be like a full screen thing that you can't exit, and you have to look like here's some educational things about wearing condoms. Like don't be a fucking idiot out there. Or and then you can, and then go, and then go back to swiping. Here is a clinic yeah. near you. Yeah, like. All these, of the girls these, are near these you. Companies, they know how to do your location. Why can't they just say, "Here is a here is an STI clinic near you, and here are their hours." Yeah, yep. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't even want to do that for themselves. For sure, like make them look better on these dating apps. Because yeah, you're right, Ashley. It's it's at least in my <clears throat> loose dog outside. Oh, there. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw like a dog running by. I was like, dog, squirrel, dog, squirrel. Um, uh, um, but like, so uh, in high school, uh, freshman year, I was my first girlfriend and she was the only girl I ever dated that I didn't meet offline. Yeah. I've ever dated every girl I've met Damn. since then. It was on MySpace, Facebook, yeah, Tinder, Bumble. So I've definitely been on the internet side of dating my, almost my whole dating career, I guess. Right. And it's just it, especially with my family background, it just blows my mind that there's just not enough education out there. It's well, just, let me ask you, mm-hmm. let me ask you, gentlemen, a question. And I'm Robert. I'm sorry. I know you're my brother, but you're going to have to answer it because I'm going to. We've had some awkward it. conversations with Nana. I'm, I'm right. <laughs> so my uh, my thing is that I know when people lose their virginity, it's it's science. I love numbers. That's why I love statistics and numbers, yeah. Corey. I know that you can totally relate to this being a teacher. Totally. But like the Data. best part about teaching is being able to show someone a fact, and you yeah. can't argue with me. Like you can't. Yeah. There's just there's no arguing. Like that's there it is. That's a number. That's what it is. That's that's what it is. They do these surveys of young people constantly. Um, they're constantly surveying them on Facebook. They're sur- you've taken them. You've seen these. Yeah. Surveys in high schools everywhere and the average age that people lose their virginity and this has been true since the 70s is 16 to 17 years old i lost my virginity at 17 i was in a strict christian household no one knew that i was doing that no one was talking to me about condoms no one was talking to me about birth control i went on birth control on my own at 16 years old without Mm -hmm. anyone knowing because i had Nana and I had heard like from my girlfriends like oh you should be on birth control and da 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 but thank God I had people around me who were yeah. doing that because I could have been a teen mom having unprotected and we had sex we would skip school to have sex like it was no one was talking to us about this so mm-hmm. when did you both lose your virginity Corey oh uh fifteen <laughs> wow whoa yeah I think I was fifteen where were you. Uh, where was I? Yeah. Home. Home. Okay. Definitely home. Um, my parents were pretty, um, cool about it. Like if I had a question about it, they would ask me, my mom especially was very much like, you need to 
You need to make sure you're protected if anything's happening. Wow. Um, There's a point where they thought I was gay. So like my mom was like, are you gay? I still think that. know you're married. (laughs) You know how I know you're gay? (laughs) You listen to So So Screwy Podcast. I actually like Coldplay. So that whole thing works with me too. I was going to say it's because you listen to Thrice, but. Oh. Hey, no, you know what? I take that laugh back. How dare you, Ashley? (laughs) Sorry. But anyway, um, yeah, my my mom like was very much like supportive and like. That's, that's what you need to do. I and like I didn't. I was. I grew up Christian. I'm still Christian. Um, but like I, I had a different perspective of it. Like I, I you know, I had my struggles and everything yeah. and desires and all that. Yeah. But because um, you're human, Corey. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think I was 15 or 16 or whatever. But my my dad and mom were always really supportive about it. And then I had an older brother, so my mm. older brother was like the king of knowledge I could just without embarrassment go to him and ask him like hey dude like what about this or what about that so I knew like the first time to wear a condom I knew this but I also had kind of like an unhealthy view of sex as well growing up um just because I like I had no boundaries with like pornography and stuff which right because people don't talk about it and like and I'm I'm trying to prove a point here so Robert when Mm -hmm. did you lose your virginity like nine you're such a liar Uh, i was actually 18 18 i was out of high school yeah still in high school no no i was out of high school oh out of high school yeah okay but i I mean there were some chances in high school but uh i mean growing up with nana and you guys like yeah especially at that age sex kind of scared me like (laughs) it was like i saw the worst of the worst um i mean and we haven't even mentioned like uh ashley and our um our uncle jamie he had hiv and aids for i mean before this whole prep Mm -hmm. thing he probably had one of the longest living cases of aids they were testing his blood um towards the end to try to figure out what yeah he He had one t-cell left yeah one fucking t-cell left and we named it we named it yeah (laughs) i tell that story when i yeah, when I do my HIV presentation and just that presentation alone, I I give quite a bit more um, of my talk to Uncle Jamie. And he was probably infected in the 70s and then didn't get diagnosed until the late 80s because they didn't really have testing for it. Yeah, um, I didn't know what it was called. Didn't know what it was called. Yeah. They actually first called it the 4-H disease because they said it affected, this is awful, homosexuals, hemophiliacs, homeless people, and heroin addicts. Oh. But at the time, it kind of was though. I mean, uh, that's I mean, all they saw. Looking, looking, looking back, it's. Yeah. I mean, looking back, it looks bad. But at it the does. time, I mean, and they called it the gay cancer, which is oh. really terrible. But like what you were saying with with anal sex, um, I mean, I know women's vaginas are um, can get STIs, but like yeah. gay men, it, that's why yeah. it was prevalent in yeah. gay men because they and were so is. easily, yeah. It still is. And there's actually, um, I actually have statistics on this. You are 78% like more likely to get, or no, 78% of a chance to get HIV if you have unprotected anal sex. And that goes for men or women. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't now, matter. I mean, straight that, people are having, wait, do you hear that? A straight couple is having anal sex right now. <laughs> Oh, that actually like, in the freaked world. me out a little. I thought like the army was coming. Um. <laughs> I do that in the classes. I'm like, straight people have sex all the time. Straight. As a matter of fact, do you hear that? 
And then everybody in the class like gets really quiet. And I'm like, straight people are having sex somewhere in the world right now. Because <laughs> oh my God, game. that's so gross. Gross. You can have anal sex with your partner and yeah. it's great. You can use a toy with your partner and you can mm-hmm. be straight. Like, but if you have penetrative anal sex, with someone who is HIV positive and you are the receiver of anal sex. So it is your butthole that is being penetrated. Your 78% have a 78% chance of getting yeah. it. Yeah. That's what I want to ask you. Cause I've, I've heard the, like a thing about, especially with women with um, HIV that if like the women, the woman has HIV, there's a lower yes. possibility the guy will get it. Correct. But there is if a you, chance though, right? The, oh Yeah. And yeah, if yeah. you are a female, the chance that you get it vaginally is 69%. 69. 69. <laughs> but it's isn't, not that far off, though, from science. anal sex. Like, it's not, the number yeah. isn't that far off. The percentage yeah. of you getting it isn't that much lower. And yeah. It, and yes, it is. It's you're 10 times more likely as a female in a heterosexual relationship to get HIV than your heterosexual male partner. Um, but it is still a chance because all the virus has to do is be in a vaginal, be in vaginal fluids and get in the tip of the penis. So, or if yeah. there's a sore on the penis, if the guy has herpes, um, if he like has a ingrown hair, if he just shaved recently, even just an ingrown hair, that's crazy. Mm-hmm, Cause it's an open, yeah, an open wound. So, and it's infected too. Yep. So that's, and then needle sharing is about 50%. If you share needles with someone who's mm-hmm. HIV positive, you're about 50% likely to get it. Um, mother to mother or mother to child transmission is about 30 three percent um if you do nothing if you follow all the procedures the protocols if you go to the doctor if you take the medication while you're pregnant it actually acts and i use this line all the time and it makes the high school kids love me it acts as sort of an indivisibility cloak like harry potter over the placenta and over the womb (laughs) and the blood barrier between the mother and the child is actually has this this blockade of the medication and it sort of protects the child from getting HIV through yeah. the umbilical cord. Um, if you have a C-section, because most HIV transmissions come from natural birth because they're getting pushed out of the vaginal canal, which has blood and vaginal yeah. fluids. And the baby has a bunch of open sores, his little eyes, his little mouth, and there's a lot of fluid going on. So uh, to do a C-section eliminates a lot of that. And then not breastfeeding because breast milk contains T-cells, which are imperative for healthy mothers and healthy babies. Those T-cells protect them from a lot of things growing up but because of the mother is infected those t-cells will be infected with hiv and the child could contract it that way if the mother does everything she can to prevent hiv transmission to her child the chances of her giving her baby hiv are down to 0.01 percent goes from 33 to 0.01 and then oral sex science oral sex is about 10 percent and let me just take this moment to psa on my soapbox here but Make sure that you get your immunizations and all of that stuff. Plural. Especially, especially. I don't want to get autism, uh, Corey. I heard uh, vaccinations cause autism. Pivy uh, on your foolish little <laughs> questions of autism. Fuck those people, man. God. But Ugh. I don't because, like, I, I I get it though. Like, I don't. I, I, you know, well, I I, I, get, bl- I, get I don't blame we... the people. I blame their fucking parents because they're the ones that educated these pieces of shit to keep thinking that. Got it. No, okay, but I also I also feel like the I blame Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, the media perpetuates it, and um, we all want to think that homeopathic medicine and like homeopathic methods can work for like. Everything, everything which they work for stuff but sure. it's like you Cam- have the to- chamomile tea fucking works yeah. wonders i'll give it the heck yeah <laughs> and like 
I don't think we should ever only rely on like medicine and medication and stuff, but immunization at least, especially with kids and with like HIV and all that stuff going on. Like you got, you have to protect yourself. You have Ashley, did you watch a pandemic? Yeah. The, the, the the fucking hippie mom in that show. I wanted to (sighs) throw things at my television. Well, it's just it's it's angering because you can stay ignorant or you can actually read scientific articles that have debunked everything that like hardcore homeopathic mm-hmm. like. Uh, but Jane McCarthy is really hot, and I want to listen to her. Yeah, she know that she even just, said that she got her degree on Google. I went, just, How are you listening to someone who says that they got good. their degree on Google? Like, and I think I, I think part of it is just like we want to we want to think that everything like is a conspiracy, like medic medical professionals are out to get us. And it's like, I don't think medical professionals would be prescribing immunizations if they knew it gave people autism. Like that doesn't make any sense. And, and it's actually me and my wife have talked about this. It's actually an insult because I have autistic people in my life. Like it's an insult to people with autism because it's like, well, thank you. Should I, be dead then is it better that I wasn't here and it's like that's not cool like I have kids who have autism and like I don't know the immunization like anti-immunization movement is it's it's kind of like uh it's really sad that there's this it angers me it actually causes it it makes me sad and like pissed but I have friends that are considering not immunizing immunizing their children and Mm -hmm. I I know people who's family members didn't immunize immunize their children and I don't speak to those people. I, it makes me so mad that you would choose to not be educated, that you would rather, uh, and and when they ask you things about, we're going completely off topic, but I don't well, care. Well, kind of. I mean, connected. HPV has a vaccine, and yeah. I always tell people Get you it. need to do your research because that vaccine actually was pushed through the FDA process and was not. It didn't go through all the oh. processes, and a lot Yikes. of young girls actually died in between the first don't. and second <laughs> vaccine. Um, and it was it was a big deal because the woman mm-hmm. actually came back like just a couple of years ago and said, "I feel terrible. Like we we thought we had like this prevention for cancer, yeah. which is what HPV prevents against is the four types of cancer. It doesn't prevent against the warts, guys. It's just the four types of cancer. Mm-hmm. And they were making it mandatory for young people to get this. And then a lot of young people were getting sick because they didn't go through the right processes. But that's the thing about the vaccines that we have now for polio and for measles. These have been around for decades like yeah. they went th- they saved lives like if you there are people who had polio there are people we know older people in their 70s 80s they had polio and if mm-hmm. you were to ask them if they could have had the opportunity to not get it would they yeah hepatitis you could vaccinate against hepatitis you know what that does to your body measles oh, and tuberculosis yeah. kill more people in the world than anything else and yet these motherfuckers who are vaccinated themselves, these fucking hippie moms who have children who got vaccinated when they were five are now telling us that they don't have to vaccinate their kids and putting everyone else's children at risk. It's fucked yeah, up. It is pretty messed up. Ooh, and it, sorry. No, I well, love think, it. Well, no, and think, well, no, and then think about what we're going through right now. Like, exactly. I mean, not that we could prevent, like, can prevent this right now, but like, 
going forward, does if this make sense why it's important? This, yeah. Would you I, want to vaccinate yeah, against yes. it? Yes. I, I, I got one it. thing to say about this. Um, I have never gotten a flu vaccine. Yeah. And I haven't gotten the flu. I don't remember the last time I got the flu. I'm, I think when we were watching pand- uh, pandemic, they even talk about, um, like, oh, you you probably know someone that like doesn't get sick and doesn't do that, mm-hmm. and that's me. I, I it's never, true. I never get knock on wood. I never get sick enough that it like puts me in bed and I can't yeah. get out. Like, I'll get the sniffles, I'll get a cough, you know, I'll get the the symptoms, but I can go out about my day, take some yeah. Dayquil and go out. So when it comes to like the flu vaccine, I'm a little hesitant because I always hear people, oh, I got it, and then I got the flu. It's like, what? So I didn't get the flu vaccine until I started working at the medical office that I work at because I got the flu two years in a row and it was the worst experience of my life. I was out for a week. Uh, My teeth hurt. I could feel my hair growing and it was painful. Like (laughs) I at one point was like, will I ever feel well again? Like I had no energy to even get up and go to the bathroom. Like I just stopped drinking fluids because I just couldn't move. So when I started working at this medical office, they were like, Ashley, you really should consider getting a vaccine for the flu because it's the one that they think is going to be the worst out of the year. I've gotten the flu vaccine three years in a row now, and I have not gotten the flu. And mm-hmm. I don't feel sick after I get the shot. I hate getting shots. I usually make like four people hold my hands because I hate yeah. them. It's really bad. <laughs> um, it hurts for like an hour. And I don't get the symptoms of the flu. I've never gotten a flu symptom from a flu shot. I think a lot of the people that say that are probably getting the flu shot in the middle of the flu season. So they already kind of had symptoms of the flu and they might just be like placebo thinking they have the flu because they got the shot. I don't know. I I don't think everyone needs to get a flu Mm -hmm. vaccine unless they are around people or exposed to people who are at high risk. I work in an office where we work with homeless people and people from Skid Row, people from sober livings, from boarding care facilities. I work in a medical office. So it's you wise to get for me. it. Yeah, I do. So do you, Corey, you work around yeah, work fucking snot bag children. They're yeah. germs. They're just germ- yeah. walking germs. Yeah. No, we, we, when you're a teenager, you carry all kinds of stuff, like all that yeah. nasty business, you're building your immune system. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I get the shot. I, I used to not get the shot um, for the same reason. Like, I don't want to end up getting sick. <laughs> but I start, my doctor's like, yeah, you're a teacher, start getting it. And it's been like, I think I've gotten it for like seven years, six years now, and never had an issue. Um, didn't have an issue before, but now I'm like double protected. So I'm like, yes. But Nana should get a flu shot, Robert. Like older people should get yeah. a flu shot the hyper flu mm, shot, she right? Might, it's she like, might've gotten it. She does. Year. Every year she tells me, oh, she always okay. asks me if I get mine. So I know she gets hers. It's like the intense version. I think when you're older, you get like a, like a higher dose or something. Yeah. Pretty cool. Anyways. So back to sex, sex. Uh, <laughs> back to all the good things about sex. I, my point was to prove to you guys that virginity is lost at like you lost yours at 15. I lost mine at 17. Mm. Robert lost his at 18. My husband like, lost his virginity at 13. Wow. Oof. Young. Like, I personally don't think your brain is developed enough for no. doing something like that. Our brains typically don't 
fully developed till we're about 23 or 24. We're yeah. not really going to be the person we're going to be. We don't have all the brain cells we're going to have. The The concept of, of self isn't really there until you're about 23, 24 years old. So um, having a relationship, I don't really think is a good idea until you're about yeah. that age. I don't really think you should be doing drugs or drinking till you're about that age because there yeah. is a lot of studies that show people who expose themselves to drugs and alcohol before the age of like 21 or 22 actually their brains grow around that drug and around that poison and around that like um, thing that you put in your in your body and addiction tends to happen yeah. in that frame so if you start doing like casual drugs in your 20s i guess there's less of a chance for you to become addicted to them and less of a chance for sure. to affect you mentally i think that the same is true with sex hormones happen at a certain age in every person and every single human being on this planet is going to experience hormones. Every boy is going to get a boner in class. He's going to have a wet dream. It's the Every worst. Every girl is, it's the worst, I bet. I've and never had a wet dream. I'm really? Really, I want Me one. either. Sounds awesome. Sorry. I don't care. I've if never had a, one either. Ever, really? I don't care if there's a cleanup the next morning. I want one. <laughs> I want a face on, on my dream. What the fuck? What, what that might Dead. be, though, is the fact that you guys are healthy enough in your daily activities. We're Maybe. getting enough. Uh, masturbation is great for people and that's probably why you guys didn't have them is probably because you were healthy enough to go ahead and release that tension in the daytime when yeah you, true. And you didn't keep it pent in yeah um so if i want some, a wet dream i just gotta like not jack off for like a month yeah well exactly. i don't know if i don't so know now. at this point though what I don't you know might. at this point. Oh, yeah. Might. No, I mean, yeah. I don't think, I don't know. I don't think that it's probably going to happen to older. I don't know the yeah. statistics on wet dream age, but sex dreams are totally different. Like yeah. a lot of people have sex dreams. Man, you ever wake up from a sex dream and go, I want to go back to sleep. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Right. Like that was right at the point. God. Like it's the worst. I was Thanks, on a brain. Cindy. I don't, I honestly Thanks don't think so. I've. Yeah, I just have really weird dreams. Like, none of them have to do with anything casual. Like, sex would be too normal for one of my dreams. My dreams are weird, creepy. I don't dream very much because it's terrifying. uh, When you smoke weed regularly, like I do, um, you don't dream as much. I have dreams about having sex with my husband, so they're boring. So it's like a normal, everyday, like, kind of dream. Fucking nerd. (laughs) I know. I really love my husband, though. It's yeah awesome. that's good and that's that's another thing i think people need to know like you are gonna like you know have sex like mm-hmm. the best kind is like with oh. somebody you care about and right? like you know what i mean even and if it, it isn't like you're not married or anything no, like yeah you don't have to, has be, to be somebody have... you like you know at least care have some vested interest in it's it's interesting the last three things i talk about in my sex talks are how to prevent stis like i break down all these stis and their symptoms and how to treat them and how many people get them and what to look for and i interject like anecdotal like mm-hmm. things with it and the last three things I talk about are the ABCs because it's really easy to remember three things and it's really Always easy be closing. to remember them. Always be oh, careful. Brain. No. Cautious. No. Coming. No, it's not. It's not an always be. It's A stands oh, for. Oh. A stands for. Anal. Yes. Robert. God, you're really? so good at this. No, nice. it doesn't. Oh. No, actually the opposite. It's abstinence. So if abstinence. you want to be 100% sure that you're not having sex, be abstinent. And that is an option. It's totally an option for people to not have sex. It's an option for you to not have sex until your partner gets tested. 
It's an option for you to not have sex until you're in love. It's an option for you to not have sex until you get married. None of us are having sex right. I hope not. None of us are having, I'm not having sex right now. Are you? No. I made the prostitute leave like 30 minutes ago. Perfect. So none of us are having sex, which means all of us are abstinent. So right now in this Mm -hmm. moment, we are all 100% safe. Abstinence isn't forever and it's not a nerdy thing. And you can be abstinent for an hour, a day, a week, a month, your whole life. But when you're abstinent, you're safe. The next thing is B and it stands for boobs. Boobs. Yeah, boobs. Two of them. No, (laughs) it stands for be monogamous. And the reason that I want to stress monogamy, Corey, to your point, is one, Mm -hmm. it makes sex so much better. All of those awkward teeth hitting, head butting, what hole am I in moments. Become a joke. (laughs) God, it's usually the one night stands. It's usually the people that you aren't intimate with. And the people that you're not intimate with, you're not going to ask them when the last time they got tested was. And you should. You should be asking every partner their STI status. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're not, then you're doing yourself and them a disservice. When you're monogamous, the chances of you passing an STI to your partner are low because obviously you're in a monogamous relationship. And then I tell a story about me and Kevin who have been together and monogamous for 15 years. But in the beginning, we were not. He straight out said, I don't want a girlfriend. I don't want a relationship. I want to hook up with you and I really like you, but I'm going to hook up with other girls. And I need you to know that ahead of time. Talk about fucking communication at the age of 22. This yeah. guy was straight up honest. He was honest with me. Did, was yeah. it what I wanted to hear? No. Did I say, okay, you bet your ass I did. Did I sleep with other dudes? Yeah. But I'm not Ew. just going to sit home and not hang. But it wasn't, the connection wasn't there. So we did this dating dance for about six months. And then he took me to sushi. And I thought he was going to break up with me. I was dead set that he wasn't, he wanted to like take me to sushi to break up with me. And he said, Hey, listen, I can't, I can't fight this feeling anymore. (laughs) He straight up said, I feel something for you that I didn't think I was going to be able to, to handle. And I'd really like to be your boyfriend. And I, on the inside, was like, oh my God, I wanted for like six Now months. outside, you're like, that's right. On that's the outside, right. I was like, cool, pass the soy sauce. <laughs> nice. But then he said, the next thing he said, and this is true, Robert, you can ask him in a completely different sense. No, I've heard the story before. I love the it. The next thing he said was, let's go get tested tomorrow. Whoa. He knew yeah. that was like super, well, I mean, obviously he wanted to do it, but like, that's su- that was super important to you. So. I think that was the first moment I knew that I would probably marry him. Yeah, like, holy shit. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. he cared I, enough about my health and his health and the health of us moving forward. Yeah. And he didn't say, you go get tested. He didn't say, baby, my penis is handsome. It doesn't need to be tested. He didn't say, I got tested three months ago. I'm fine. He said, let's go get tested. And him yeah. and I used condoms pr- prior to that. Like, we, that's just how we had sex. We used condoms. And then we went and got tested and we didn't have to use condoms anymore because now we're in this monogamous relationship and we trust one another. But for the first 10 years of our relationship, right up until the point we got engaged, I went and got a test every single year because monogamy is hard. Yeah. Because people fuck up and it happens. And 
it's at that point you need to have another conversation. If I would have ever gotten tested and had an STI, we would have had to have a very serious, sad conversation, but it would have had to happen, but I never did. And then we got engaged and I get tested every three years now. I still mm-hmm. get tested. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you should, you always should like for stuff. Um, I have, since I've heard that story, Ashley, I, I mean, I've dated a couple of girls since then, but I always kept that in my mind that if I, found a girl that I really liked and I wanted to pursue like that. Kevin was in the boys back in my mind. Cause I never thought of that. I always thought that might've been like maybe a bad thing to tell a girl, but he did it in such a professional, yeah, respectful, uh, courteous, almost romantic to get to it dinner. Was. It really little sushi, was a little sex yeah. testing. Little or, sushi, you know? And so sushi I, and sushi. <laughs> so I'll always uh, next, you know, next girl I find I'm, I'm going to do that. Cause I like, I think that it'll show if the girl takes it away, T- takes it like oh what then that's not the that's girl, not for, the me. girl for you yeah that's a great like filter a little bit so i i tell people that i'm like if someone's not willing to get tested with you then that's not the person that you should be with and yeah it's because so many of the hiv is asymptomatic for the first eight years chlamydia and gonorrhea are asymptomatic in 75 percent of people herpes is asymptomatic in people because they may have the virus and never get a cold sore or a genital herpes ever like they may just have the virus and never it's crazy. So the only way you're going to know if you have a lot of these illnesses is if you get tested consistently, consistently. And my rule of thumb typically is one to one, two to two, three to three. If you have one partner, get tested once a year. If you have multiple partners, get tested twice a year, three times a year, every three months, every six months, however you feel is going to match the amount of sex you're having with multiple partners. Mm -hmm. But I say one partner once a year, both of you go get tested. I usually tell people to pick a month. If you want to pick November because you're thankful you don't have STIs and that's how you remind yourself, there you go. I used to do it every year in my birth month in April. It was a birthday present to me to know that I didn't have an STD. Yeah. I like that. Question. Um, what are your best suggestions for people to get tested? Um, they can go to their gyne- If you're a woman, luckily for women, we have vaginas. So we have vagina doctors and guys, unfortunately you don't have a vagina. Therefore you and we don't, don't have, have <laughs> we don't have dick doctors. You don't no. have a dick doctor. Um, well, ex- doctor- Mr. 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 Nutt. Nutt is Ms. working on he's, his PhD. Yeah. yeah. He's on his PhD <laughs> right now. He's there. Um, but For women, um, you can go to your gynecologist and you can get your well woman exam once a year. It's free of charge. Every woman in this country from the age of 13 on up, you go get yourself a well woman exam every year and it's free at Planned Parenthood. It's free at Ultimed. It's free at your local community clinics. It's free at your primary care and it's free at your gynecologist. Now I'm going to get on a soapbox really quickly because recently since Obama enacted the Affordable Care Act and made well woman exams free for everyone, there has been an influx of people, thank God, coming in to get their well woman exam. And this tests for things like cervical cancer, um, STI, it makes sure that your ovaries aren't swollen. It helps you check for breast cancer. This isn't just about sex. It's about being well inside as a woman. Yeah. All of our reproductive work on the Absolutely. Inside. We need this well woman exam once a year. But because Obama made it free, insurance companies and doctors got a little pissed off because they were missing out on money. And they've started telling girls to come every three years. That's what, yeah, that's yeah. what Liz was telling me. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you have cervical cancer, cancer is an asshole, and it's not going to wait around for your next well woman exam. And no. if you have cervical cancer for three years that goes untreated, you're more likely going to have stage four cancer and you're going to die. That's 
my two cents. Go and to the fucking doctor every year. It's the worst appointment of the year. I hate it. I don't like going. It's I don't like it as much as the next person. You have to sit on a table with your feet in stirrups and somebody inserts a metal thing that looks like a duck with lube and cranks it open and takes swabs with a Q-tip. That is a well woman exam. I've seen that part. Now, Liz, <laughs> God, with the moms. Now, uh, no, yeah, they do those. Liz, do was telling, Liz was telling me like they they won't do it yearly. Is that they will? That they, is bullshit. They have to. You, they have to. Okay. They have to. You get a well woman exam every year if you want it. You just have to ask for it. And if your doctor says no, you tell them that you are between the ages of fifteen to twenty-five, and that is the heightened age for cervical cancer. And you would like a Pap smear right now. Grab the speculum if, and threaten to do it yourself. What if we're like thirty-one? So after the age of thirty. Um, it's every three years, unless you are uh, not in a monogamous relationship. If you are someone who has promiscuous sex or has sex with multiple people and it's unprotected, you should still be getting a well woman exam every year to test yeah. for STIs because STIs don't discriminate based on age. As a matter so of I fact, just... with the invention of Viagra, there's been a surge of chlamydia and gonorrhea in our yeah. senior. Oh man. And they don't I know should... about condoms because it wasn't really around in their generation. And they usually had husbands from like the time they were 16 till the time they were yeah. like, you know, their husband died. So now they're just out having sex with the one dude in their nursing home who has Viagra and a constant Woody. And he's Mr. passing Nutt. syphilis, Mr. Nut. And yeah. he's passing syphilis to all these old women. So, cause... so then in this case, like, um, tell her to lie. Just be like, hey, go tell... <laughs> Well, the doctor's going to know so, your age, though. <laughs> I know. Thir- well, she's she doesn't 31. have to lie. She just has to say, I get an annual well woman exam, and I'd like to schedule it. Thank you. I My family has a history of cervical cancer. Or Even if you're 31? You're 31. You don't, if, if you're married and you're 30 and you have a monogamous yeah. partner, every three years is 100% fine. Dang it. Okay, but what about, well, I mean, not for like all the STIs and stuff, but what about for like, Checking for like cervical lumps and cancers and all that. Cervical cancer is really going to, cervical cancer is an STI. It's it's HPV, right? So if you are monogamous and married after the age of 30, the chances of you getting it are pretty low. Low, okay. Cervical cancer is happening because of STDs. It's not happening because it's a malignant tumor. Now that's uterine cancer. They can't test you for uterine cancer, ovarian cancer. They can't test you for that. Like they do STIs. That's going to be like similar to if a guy has prostate cancer or similar to if a guy has pancreatic cancer, like it's really going to be determined on like blood tests and for um, sure you're, you're not feeling well, something's off your white blood cell count is off. That's how they're going to start to be able to tell if you have those types of cancers. We're not detecting uterine and ovarian cancers in a pap smear. That is strictly for cervical cancer and and cervical cancer is like 99% from STDs. And that's a good recommendation for people to just make sure you do your annual checkup and get like the blood test. Yep. Because then the blood Question. test. Yeah. Works. Um, so we're talking about the ladies, obviously. Uh, what about dudes? Do we have a wellness man thing? Are, you don't, do we have but that? you can... You can go to Planned Parenthood. You can go to Ultimate, a community clinic. You can also go to your primary care doctor. Most STIs, um, you can do a blood test for or a urine test for. Chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis, you can do in the urine. HPV, um, hepatitis, uh, and HIV can be a blood test. Herpes is really um, the only way to test for it, unfortunately, is to have an outbreak. Oof. 
So if you have herpes, really the only way you're going to know is if you actually have an outbreak of herpes. Yeah. It doesn't kill you. It doesn't cause infertility. It doesn't increase your, like it increases your chances of getting other illnesses because it's an open sore. Um, but it's, uh, it's forever, unfortunately. So that's why it's really important to be comfortable enough to like, take a look at the person's genitals. I mean, you're going to have sex with it. Don't you want to see what it looks like? Like, I think vaginas are beautiful. I think everybody should look at one at some point in their life, their own preferably. But you know, if you're, I, look at my vagina I know Robert, yeah, your, your vagina is probably great. Robert has a mangina. Robert has a mangina. <laughs> it makes me think nice. of the no effect song. My vagina hardly even used. <laughs> oh no effects they took my audi and made it on in <laughs> um curious though uh so if a guy goes to Planned Parenthood or whatever is it free or is it cost money um it is a sliding scale if you have insurance they ask that you use your insurance um Planned Parenthood is all like non-profit based so they get all their money from people who make donations and can yeah. can pay if you can't pay you don't have to um you get a little green card um and it's basically your your yearly testing pee in a cup kind of thing you can't really do a whole lot else with it it's really just for std testing um, and hiv testing and birth control um, mm-hmm. they'll give you free birth control with it to condoms, condoms. Right? Yeah, yeah free condoms um they ask if you can pay that you do they uh they tend to do a sliding scale at, at planned parenthood okay nice i haven't done i haven't gone to a planned parenthood i've done like a doctor but i've never done and we planned need to fight to keep those open oh, God, because there's so much like i'm not gonna get like political and religious at all right now but i am going to say on the on the level of like people having something against Planned Parenthood because they think all they do in there is like abortions abortions and like Like horrible terrible awful abortions it's like that like that's a it's some of women's and men I'll like I'll side with you later but like women it's some of the women's only way of like saving their own lives like and it's scary when you when like you have the concept of like that could be taken away um especially if you think it's it's my daughter like i don't have kids but look at these parents man that like are super right wing and want to close planned parenthood they have daughters yeah fuck man i hate it i'll be i'll be political right now Corey. fuck trump i'll say it it, (laughs) you know what if they want to take away abortions then they need to make birth control free and available to everyone because if you but don't, all says- you're going to have, all you're going to have is teenagers having sex. It, it, the more, it doesn't matter if you teach abstinence only or you teach yeah. comprehensive sex education. The age at which people lose their virginity is the same. Low, the yeah. The difference is the level of education and mm-hmm. the use of prophylactics, stopping pregnancy. If you don't want your children to have babies and you don't want them to abort a, a fetus that has no feeling in the 60s, mm-hmm. a fetus that has no viable chance of surviving outside of the womb. You're, you're killing an egg that's not even fertilized yet. Okay, well, shut up. Le, let me just say that every time like a guy like masturbates, masturbates. like technically we're committing, you know. I'm a serial Infanticide. murderer right here. Right here, a serial mm-hmm. murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know so, that the average amount of sperm in a male ejaculation is 200 million? Yeah, wow. not mine. <laughs> not Robert's either. We. Well, yeah. mine. Oh, well, for me, it's uh, 
for me, it's more about going on the sex ed kind of thing. Like we are, ha- we like have fertility issues, my wife and I, oh. but like, um, cause we've been trying, you know, and my doctor like actually told us like, you have a very low sperm count, 200,000. Oh, wow. oh so, is- wow. so like it, it was a genetic thing. It wasn't caused yeah. by anything like other oh, no. than genetics. And I'm like, yeah. oh crap, this sucks. So I need all these clinical, like you know, resources. And I can't imagine not having those clinical yeah. resources. Uh, it would make me mad. You what know? Planned Parenthood has done for women's rights, for human rights yeah. and accessibility to, sure. to things that people wouldn't normally have access to, not just abortions, but healthcare, like yeah. just plain healthcare, free healthcare, like it, and not just healthcare for like, sexual health they do if if that's your only doctor they'll do mm-hmm. a physical they'll check yeah. you they'll do your blood work like they will they'll take care of you if you need it it's it's an ultimed ultimed is dentist healthcare, reproductive care OB-GYN. i haven't heard of that one ultimate is where actually funny when kevin and i got tested when we first started dating we went to ultimate off of beach and newman it's still there everybody and we now live across the street from it in a funny ironic twist of fate that's awesome. Oh, that place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. I haven't heard yeah, I know Plan Hair but I've never heard of that one. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah they and they give free condoms. And if you if you do a yearly well woman exam, they'll renew your birth control for a full year. I got birth control from Ultimate for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Another unofficial sponsor of the podcast. Ultimate. Plan <laughs> Parenthood and Ultimate for sure. Unofficial. Um, yeah. I mean, it's two hours. Um, anything else, Ooh. Ashley? We should probably wrap this up. Yeah, um, so interesting. We get we have like the longest podcast with you, Ashley. I'm not saying it's yeah. a bad thing. Cool. It's great. Like the a, Harry Potter like a Joe one was Rogan like, experience for sure. Yeah. The Harry Potter one was our longest podcast we've ever done. What? Yeah, it was like yeah. three hours long. <laughs> well, let me just tell people how to use condoms really quickly because a lot Do of it. people don't know that there's multiple steps. Especially dudes, just, the fucking especially dudes who get really excited and, and, and like, ladies, the- ladies, make sure the dudes do it. Actually, I, I recommend that women carry condoms around too. And then that way, if your partner's like, oh, I don't have a condom, but let's fuck anyway. Well, I do. I got one. What now, <laughs> motherfucker? Um, yeah, take control of your own sexual destiny is, is what I tell people. Don't expect a guy to have a condom just because he has a dick. Yeah. Like, you can bring one too, man. Um, I have like so for- one condom, I think, in my sock, my sock drawer. But it's not, I'm not using it. <laughs> I'm too busy doing podcasts you know with Corey. <laughs> You know where you can get more. I get free condoms. Yeah, I know, I, know, I know how to get them. <laughs> right? You know how we know where to get them. But tell um, us so how to put condoms, it on. Condoms have an expiration date. Not a lot of people yes. know that. Um, they expire. So please don't use an expired condom. You would not drink expired milk. So don't use an expired condom unless you want something to come out of you that looks like expired milk. <laughs> okay, That's good. Uh, oh. The next thing is condoms all have ridges around the edges, much like a Del Taco, Del Scorcho packet. Um, you do not need to use your teeth, scissors, dynamite, whatever guys, I know you're excited (laughs) about getting in there, but if you use your teeth, you could actually rip a part of the condom and it'll make the condom more likely to tear during sex. Just use your hands. It's, it's easier to open than a Del Scorcho package. In my opinion, (laughs) when you take the condom out, um, if you hold it on your hand, it should look like the sorting hat from Harry Potter. Okay, it should look like a little wizard hat. If it's turned upside down, it'll be flat. You won't see the little tip at the top. 
make sure you put the condom on correctly. Because if you put the condom on inside out, and I usually have a demonstration for this when I do it, but if you put the condom on inside out, it actually won't roll past a certain point. If you just take that condom off and flip it over, you've now gotten bacteria and it. on the outside of the condom. You need to start over. If you put the condom on inside out, throw it away, start over. Don't risk it. Pre-cum has leftover sperm, leftover ejaculate, leftover bacteria from the inside of the penis from the last time that guy came. And if he's a guy between the ages of 15 and 25, the chances that he came in the last 24 hours, probably about 100%. Mm -hmm. Masturbation is high in that age. Pre-cum is like Windex for the penis. So it's basically cleaning out anything that's in the penis before a guy has sex. The second a a man gets aroused, he is going to expel pre-cum and it's going to have anything in the penis. It's going to expel it out so that the sperm have the best possible chance of survival. I had no idea that that's what that is. Mm -hmm. It's called Cowper's fluid and it comes from the Cowper's gland, which is about the size Mm -hmm. of a pea and it sits just behind the testicles. And the second a man gets aroused and blood starts flowing to the penis, Cowper's fluid goes in and cleans it so that the sperm have the best possible chance of survival on their way out. Interesting. So you don't want pre-cum on the outside of your condom. Make sure you put it on the right way. Pinch the tip. You do not want to leave air in the tip of a condom. What happens to bubbles? They pop. They burst. Yeah, they pop. They pop. So if you leave an air bubble at the tip of the condom, it can rupture and rupture in the mm-hmm. middle of sex. Sex is vigorous usually if you're doing it right. Uh, so you can pop that bubble. You want to make sure you leave room, but not air. And you want to leave room because if you pull a condom all the way down and you leave no room, the force at which ejaculation is coming out of the penis, they've clocked it. And it's typically about 10 to 14 miles an hour. And if you don't have any room in the tip of the condom, it can actually blast the condom out and then ejaculations out of the condom. So you want to leave room because you want to make sure you leave a garage for the clown car. That's what I call it. So when you see a clown car and you see like hundreds of clowns getting out of the thing, inside yeah. of the paper, there's 200 million <laughs> ejaculation that's about a teaspoon. So that's the clown car and you need to leave a garage for it. Okay. And then when you're done having sex, you want to make sure that you throw the condom away in a trash can. Don't kill the dolphins. Yeah. You want to make sure you're not taking the condom off in bed because any ejaculate could fly out and that could get onto somebody's open sore. Um, you want to make sure you use water-based lubricant like Astroglide, KY jelly, wet makes a really good one. Pink water. Water-based water-based lubricant spit i mean if you're in a monogamous relationship and you don't have lube use some spit um that is to say if you have an infection in your mouth that oh god you're screwed yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm just saying spit is better than olive oil yeah, 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 yeah. next to your bed that you use when you whack one out don't use that when you have sex <laughs> lotion and oil deteriorates latex and sometimes i blow a condom up and tie a knot at the end of it and then i rub olive oil on it or baby baby oil and it pops in about five seconds so you want to make sure you use water-based lubricant never ever ever use two condoms at once Mm -hmm. what happens when you rub two balloons together friction rips it right yeah that's why that's why i do three the the two right because then you have the extra barrier it's it's science What I tell people is, if you have to double bag it, do you really need to be having sex with that? Yeah. Right? One condom, lubrication. If you switch sex acts, you go from anal sex to vaginal sex, you want to switch condoms. Hmm. There you go. All right. Any other other sex pointers for us? 
Get talk checked. to your partner and ask them what they like. And then masturbation is your best friend. That's the only way you're ever going to know how you like to be touched and how you like to be pleased. So I recommend that everybody, men and women, masturbate. Um, kids masturbate and they don't even realize it when they're like in the womb. They babies huh. touch themselves. Um, little kids will rub up against like stuffed animals because it feels good. And then we shame them into not doing that. And what we're actually doing is teaching them that touching themselves is bad. And that's not right. I actually think that it should be talked about in the household. Um, probably don't want to masturbate in the living room, Sally. Maybe take that to the bedroom. Come back when you wash your hands. Yeah. Come back when you're done. Um, but yeah, masturbation is your friend and then always communicate with your partner about getting tested and always mm -hmm. tell them what you like, because if you have unenjoyable sex, because you think your husband needs to have doggy style sex all the time, and that's not good for you, you're going to start seeking that outside of the relationship. And that's unfair to both of you. So just mm -hmm. open your mouth at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> for both for words and dick and dick oh god <laughs> and vagina <laughs> we're, we're, and vagina we're, i mean we're you know, lgbt yeah, yeah we're we're pro that on this we're podcast pro everything. For sure. <laughs> for sure. uh let's pro promote let's, let's promote your uh instagram ashley because you have an awesome uh sex thing and we're having some trouble figuring out a, a username for you so maybe yes. our listeners can help because she's got this explain it Okay, so I started an Instagram way late in the game. I should have started it years ago. I don't know what took me so long. But um, right now it's called Safe, Smart, Sexy with underscores between each word. And I don't like so is this, it. Is this AOL? What the fuck and is this that? And this is Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we got we to gotta figure out a, uh, a clever... We do. So something alliterative. I like, I like alliteration. I'm a I like the words you've person. chosen, like the sexy and making it... Yeah, making it not smart. just my, sex ed, but like sexy. Right. It can be fun. My yeah. sister said I should call it human sexuality, but spell it T E A, and then at the end of all my things, put and that's the T. <laughs> Jesus, that's not bad. I, that's better I than what I've come up with. I suggested to call it just the tip, but that isolates a lot of different genders and sexualities. Yeah. So I think that could I think I'm like going to have like a tip of the week and make there a hashtag go. and call it just the tip. There you go. That's what I was thinking. Um, but basically, <laughs> what I do nice. is I follow a bunch of sex Instagram pages, a bunch of sex educator Instagram pages, a bunch of pornography Instagram pages, and I find the ones that I find really interesting. Like yesterday, I posted in my story. Um, illustrations of a bunch of different vulvas and labias and I yeah that was wrote, hey, it. i saw that i was like whoa hey a bunch of vaginas on my story hey okay. a bunch of vaginas actually they're vulvas robert vagina is the structure within the vulva is the outer structure so you have to get your anatomy right okay um sorry <laughs> so when I you post, say i want to see your vagina you're being a creepy like, like serial yeah, killer you're I basically inside. saying i want to see your you. so if i, I want to you if i'm sexting a girl i want to say i want to see your vulva yeah, show me your vulva. Nice. Okay. That'll get you far. So much more romantic. It is. It's using <laughs> anyway. proper terms. So you post, uh, you post stuff I on post, there. Yeah. yeah. Educational things about the history of masturbation. I posted the other day the um the history of virginity and like how it's seen in some cultures. And I'm trying to sort of go all over the place. I've posted pictures of two naked old people kissing because people have sex when they're old, and that's something that a lot of people mm -hmm. are uncomfortable with. And um, I post a lot about body positivity and sex yeah. positivity and um, it's, it's really, I take from a lot of other places and a lot of um, other Instagram pages and I give everybody credit. I tag everyone who's ever been a part of it. So I want to make sure everybody gets their, um, their shout out, but it's, it's just a place for anyone to go young or old. And I want to, 
um, keep it up while I'm teaching and hopefully use it as a platform to educate people. So Dude, right I'm now just... it's safe underscore sexy underscore smart. Cool. Look it up, everybody. And maybe we can, uh, I can help you out maybe doing a podcast maybe about sex. Right? Oh my you God, could totally, I would love to do you that. would love to, you would be awesome at that. Yeah. I do enjoy this podcasting. I was very excited when you asked if I wanted to do it again today. I was like, oh, we'll have you on again. I yeah, would, for sure. I want to be on all the time. What uh, what other uh, I mean, you're uh, let's see, three eleven expert, sex expert, Harry Potter expert, Disneyland expert. What else Disneyland are you expert? Disneyland expert, cooking. Oh, you are a really good cook. Cooking yeah, it's fun. We and we we've been talking about doing a screening scale on food, and maybe we'll uh, we'll definitely hit you up on some ideas. Mm-hmm. Cooking, Wait, did, um, Corey, did you do it? I know you were talking about. I, no, I did the sauce one, but sauce not the one. food. That's right. Yeah, we're gonna start start doing <laughs> hot sauces on here. Getting sauce. We'll have you on there too. We'll do a cooking yeah, episode, okay, and we'll yeah. we'll do I'm some down. hot stuff. Um, also, um, alcohol. Not that I want to like promote alcoholism. True. But Another I mean, unofficial beer. sponsor again this this week. Four Sons. Go. go Four check Sons. Them out. They're still open, you guys. Yeah. Go pick up a growler. There. I just got seltzer from them yesterday, and there was a line of like four people, six feet apart. Socially distancing, but there was a line of people waiting to get beer from Four Sons right off Gothard and Ellis in Huntington Beach. They're open from 10 to 6 every day, and they do local delivery to your house. They will deliver your beer, no contact delivery. You can get it dropped off on your front doorstep. They were all wearing gloves yesterday and masks. Um, and they're Sweet. promoting local um, craft eateries too. They have like flyers for all these local places that are doing to goes and takeout. And so, yeah, go four sons. Nice. Well, and even if, if you're not in California, if you're somewhere else, go find your local brewery and go get drunk during this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Go. Sorry, you got cut off. Say it again. Oh, I said, go support your local, your local people. Businesses. Your local yeah, yeah. Absolutely, businesses. absolutely. Yeah, do that right now. BJ's fuck McDonald's. And yeah, fuck McDonald's all the corporate shit. They'll, they'll be fine. They don't need your money. Yeah. Um, on our side, though, uh, make sure to go hit us up on our Instagram, So So Scrutiny Podcast, and on Facebook. Um, rate and review on iTunes. You can't do it on Spotify, which is stupid. I don't mm-hmm. fuck Spotify, but if you're listening on Spotify. I like on. Spotify. You know, I actually listen to you guys on Spotify. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, but then more importantly, again, uh, just tell a friend. That's the biggest way we're going to uh, get more listeners and more stuff going on with this podcast. Um, Corey, anything else, bud? Nope. Just uh, stay safe. Stay wise. Don't like listen to emotionally yeah. charged, emotionally charged uh, propaganda at all. Yeah. Like research, look into articles, read. We have plenty of time to do all that. Mm-hmm. Don't just listen to a thing. Don't listen to Fauci. Don't listen to Trump. Listen to that. No, Fauci's that, great. That awesome yeah. man, Fauci. He, Fauci he's around. Be media literate. And that means yes. really understand that what you're reading, there's another side. Even, even for myself, when I read scientific articles, I read the other side. So I mm-hmm. know what I'm up against and I know what it is they're saying and what they're using. Being media literate doesn't mean that you only read things that pertain to you and your beliefs. It means that you are eclectic and you're well-read and you read the sides to every story, not just the two you think you should read. There's three sides to every story. Usually Uh, be media literate, be wise. Like Corey said, that's a great word. Or just don't watch TV right now. I'm I'm doing, I'm doing a new thing this week that I am not turning the TV on Netflix or anything uh at least until jeopardy and then when jeopardy comes on then i can watch tv whatever but i mean i've watched the office a thousand times i don't need to, i don't need to watch it again so 
Yeah. Just be, yeah. Be wise. Corey, I like that word. Be wise right now. Everyone needs to be a little bit wise. Cool. All right. Well, uh, all right, guys. Have a beer tomorrow in my honor on my birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Thanks again for coming on. We'll bring you back on. Um, uh, That's it. What? Huh? I said, I can't wait. Oh, I said, I thought you should just wait, wait, wait. No, no, I can't Uh, wait. Great. Uh, Cool. And that's it. We're the So So Scrutiny Podcast. I'm Robert. That's Ashley. And I'm Corey. Cool. All right. See you guys next time. Once you can to suffer my signs so fixed And if you're stranded, can't stand it, then I'll get